This week's episode of Tapping In is brought to you by Contenders Clothing. Be sure to check out at Contenders Clothing on Instagram for their brand new Godfather line restock. We're talking Luca Brasi Fish Market t-shirts, Corleone Family t-shirts, and just so, so, so much more. Use promo code TAPPINGIN20 and save yourself 20% on your order at Contenders Clothing. This week on Tapping In, we are going to be talking about emotions. Are you an emotional person or are you a passionate person? Do you control your emotions or do your emotions control you? How is your decision making impacted? On the mats, it's very easy to get high, get low, be in good positions, bad positions, and get emotional and put yourself in a better or worse spot. But how does that transition to regular life? How does that transition to our everyday decision making when everything really does matter? This episode is all about emotions. Enjoy the show. All right, we're here. We are here. Roy and I were having a nice conversation. You're telling me how Aquaman <laughs> sucked. It really did. <laughs> I haven't seen it, dude. I can't get into it. I for whatever reason, DC just can't get it right. They can't. All right. Name a good DC movie. Name a good DC First of all, comic book. The movie. whole Batman series is great with Christian Bale. Right. I'll okay. give you that one. All right. I dig the whole Henry Cavill Superman thing. Very, very cool too. It's dark. It's cool. Even the first Wonder Woman was really good. The second Wonder Woman sucked. But the second one was all right. I think I just liked it because it took place in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? They and I heard someone say this and I I watched the movie after I heard it, so it's not an original thought. Right. They said that they really dropped the ball with the soundtrack for that movie. They did. And then when I watched it, I was like, they did? Yeah. Did you hear the uh, the movie that they just dropped? DC will not even release it is uh, Batgirl. They spent like 90-something million to make the damn thing. They won't even release they it. They won't even release it now. It's that bad. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> which totally interests me. I, as I'm always interested in watching a shit show. Have you ever seen the movie The Room? No, who's that? Oh my God. You got to watch this movie. Okay. Uh, who's in that? Nobody. <laughs> I know that guy. Literally nobody. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but. His first name is Literally, and his last name is yeah. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Nobody? Literally? Nobody? Literally? That's me. Um, so. I remember hearing about this movie in college and I was like, I got to see this. It's, it's known to be like the worst movie ever made. Okay. And it's got like a cult following because it's so bad. It's called the room. I, for whatever, I can't, my brain is so bad right now. Like I forget people's names all the time. I can't right. remember this guy's name. So it's developed a cult following and I okay. love it. It's fantastic. Cause it's yeah. so awkward. What is it, like a Dawn of the dead kind of thing? Or no, it's about, about a dude. It's about a dude who like works for a bank and, his uh his best friend his girlfriend starts cheating on him with his best friend and the acting's just over the top it's terrible <laughs> yeah. it's so bad there were a lot of those movies back then oh, they really this, were but this guy produced like Toxic Avenger did you ever see that one it's right along those lines but I have seen Toxic Avenger yeah. but those are B movies this is like right. an independent okay so they really took guy, it seriously oh and this guy produced the movie himself paid for everything <laughs> like directed out of his he must mind. be making money now though if it's a cult thing. Well, here's the thing. Okay. It became such a popular movie. The co-star in that movie wrote a book called The Disaster Artist. Okay. 
which James Franco picked up and made a movie. <laughs> so if you and James Franco actually won an Academy Award for it, he's I, can't been, remember, I can't remember what the what the award was. It might have been a Golden Globe. I don't remember. Okay. But they won an award because he's and, been persona non grata for a little uh, for a few yeah, years now. <laughs> he's in trouble. He's in trouble. Uh, but he picked it up, made a movie. His mm-hmm. brother stars in it. Oh wow! And it's called The Disaster Artist, based on the book. When I saw that that movie was being made. I was like, I got to watch that movie. Right, right. I was like, and my sister was like, wait a minute. You watched that movie? I was like, I love that movie. Wow. So she didn't believe me. So then my sister bought me like an HD version and uh, <laughs> we started watching it together. I think I was still living at home at the time. Or I think I'd shown my sister the movie while she was living, while we were still living at home. Uh-huh. Anyway. So like, we'll quote the movie all the time, <laughs> all the time. Uh like there's a scene where the friend comes into the into the restaurant they're eating there and the guy has this weird accent like it's like european but you can't pinpoint it and the friend's like hey how was work today he's like oh it was good mark did some deals made a lot of money <laughs> he's like wow how much and I, i'm not even making this up this is line he goes oh stop it all those personal questions how are you, Mark? How's your sex life? That's some serious acting I could tell. That's right literally the acting. And it's <laughs> phenomenal. You can't stop watching it. You can't stop yeah. watching it. <laughs> I, I love it. The only movie I quote is Airplane. Surely you're not serious. I am serious and don't call me Shirley. I mean, that's classic comedy. It goes right, right over my head. <laughs> my, like uh, my Aunt Rosie. That. She's going to love it. She's hearing her name right now. My Aunt Rosie quoted a movie the other day okay and it went right over our head <laughs> okay so she did it again last night she quoted it and then react reenacted the scene and the what she did was she was leaving my house today she goes hey i'll make sure i drive off real slow and then she sped off and i'm like i don't get it <laughs> so we're at friday's last night because they had you know a meet and greet with sonic the hedgehog which Ooh. we could not miss we took the beans did you have to pay extra to get that meet and greet no, man, you just like went there and ate, the kids ate free. I was like, what? This is a bargain. That is. What a uh, great idea by the manager of Fridays. Great idea. Bravo. Bravo. Uh, Chubby Penguin Entertainment is the name of the company that, you know, uh, brought Sonic in. Okay. Uh, so we did not tell Benny. What do you think those costumes cost? They're expensive. Yeah. They're expensive. I'm going to say, I'm going to say between. A thousand bucks? I'm going to say between eight and twelve. Depending on the costume. I know yeah. if you get like a real realistic one, you're probably paying more. Yeah. But they know you're going to make money. We're going to license up. this motherfucker. You're not wearing this for Halloween. No. <laughs> so this guy's going to make some bucks at birthday parties. Yep. So Sonic comes to the table. Benny's like starstruck. Wow. Can't talk. He's like shocked. Speechless. Kid doesn't stop talking. Speechless. So we're leaving. And my Aunt Rosie was like, hey, I'll make sure I drive off real slow. And like again, we're all looking at each other, and we're like, "What?" She goes, "You never seen Terms of Endearment?" There's a scene. She has to break down. Great movie. She breaks down the whole scene. I look at her. I was like, "No," because I'm not almost sixty years old. I didn't watch that movie. (laughs) She's like, "You've never seen Terms of Endearment?" I was like, "No, I did not." Oh, that's one of the few movies that I still kind of like get a little choked up watching. I'm sure you do. It's like I'm like, (laughs) got a little dust in my eye. You yeah, know, no. kind of that's thing. part of the reason why I won't watch it. Yeah, I'm older now, man. I don't need to see that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'm like, I like. Did you ever I see Brian's song? Of course. I'm, that's uh, that's what I'm talking. But that movie but makes you that's, cry. That's different. <laughs> that's different <laughs> because they're different? teammates, and it's like that's that's <laughs> his brother. Magic. 
Hold my hand. I love Brian Piccolo. Right. <laughs> that's, that's a damn. That's I a get great it, bro. Impression. That's your Philly D. I feel that. <laughs> I, I feel that. Like that's your teammate. That's a different love. <laughs> Brian Piccolo died the other yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, that, that's a. I don't want to watch a movie and be like, oh, I could get cancer and die, right? <laughs> and leave my children. This is like my wife. Still, like, as soon as it comes on, she's like all in on it. No, I don't want to yeah. do it. I can't do it. I know what it's about, and it's enough. Yeah, and like they're struggling in that movie. Yeah. So let's make their life even better. Let's kill mom. <laughs> then they made a sequel to that movie. I know. The I know. Evening Star. And the yeah. kids' lives did not get better. No, they didn't. They it was didn't. bad. You're right. It's a fucking depressing story. Why would you... Who writes that? I don't know. I what? hear the same thing about Steel Magnolias. Let me tell I love Steel Magnolias. I've actually never seen the movie, but I'm hearing that... Drink what... the juice, Shelby. I quote that all the time oh, at my house. All the time. Like when Benny doesn't want to drink his orange juice, I'm like, drink the juice, Benny. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like, uh, like people get on me because I watch horror films, right. and I'm like, yeah, but like, what are the odds of that happening? What are the odds that I'm going to be camping in the woods with Kevin Bacon and you know, <laughs> some angry mom is going to chase me? Right. Let's not forget because that's the original Friday the Thirteenth. Or you know, this like zombie magically pops out of the water. Like, mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Right. But. Those things are real. No you doubt. could get sick, and I could leave my children fought. Like, no, I don't want to watch. I tell Steph all the time, like, you get on me for what I watch. Her and her mom love watching Grey's Anatomy. I can't believe you just said it. My, my, I mean, Pookie just went through all 18 seasons. They're emotional masochists. It's unbelievable. Emotional. Yeah. Ma- which one's the one where you like to, you want the pain? It's a masochist, right? Sadist is the one that's inflicting Sadist the pain. Sadist is given the pain. Masochist enjoys the pain. Emotional masochists. All these women love to watch a show. I told Steph, this yeah. show, from every time I've come it's inside brutal. this house, this show should be called Mom Gives Birth, Only One Lives. Every episode I watch, <laughs> right. it's either a mom or, dude, I walked in on one. While Steph was pregnant, I think with right. Benny, and you knew in the episode that the mom or the baby was going to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't know which one. And they show the scene where the dad's talking to the baby, uh-huh. and he's on the baby. He goes, "She, you know, it's like it, it was." He's like, he's like, you know, she was, she would have loved you, or like, you know, you would have, right. loved, you yeah, would have yeah. loved her. Talking to the baby, and like, you're like, oh, the baby didn't make it. <sighs> then the camera pans out. Nope, baby made it. Mom, Mom didn't. didn't make it. I'm like, oh, that's shit. brutal. And it's a girl. I was like, so this poor man just lost his wife and now he's alone in the world and has to raise a daughter. Wow. What? What? <laughs> like if I had to raise Benny on my own, I'd figure it out. You would. Yeah, but if you I had would. to raise Juliana on my own, dude, it's I can't do a thing. ponytail. Yeah. I'd be like, I'd be on Tinder right away. Like, yo, who yeah. wants to help me raise a girl? Like I'm struggling. But then... To give them a positive, dude, I can't do it. Yeah. Don't want to do it. No, I get it. I get it. Now, if I had to pick between me or Steph, that like, you know, take me. Take me. She'll do a better job raising them both. Right, She's a right, fan- right. My wife is such a fantastic mother. Right. It, like, I literally feel like, like when she's parenting and being a mom or showing me what she taught the kids and what they're doing, I feel like a JV basketball player. <laughs> practicing with jordan i'm like i don't think i belong in this league your crossover is pretty lame i'm like oh my god and she's like she's like you're a great dad you do this i was like i don't do what you do like she'll come on like look what i taught benny and benny be like cheers and he like toast she teaches him like vowels i'm like i don't uh." she'll be like i taught benny how to write his name and i'm like uh yeah 
That's awesome. I taught him how to pee in the toilet. I hate to tell you, man, but like that's the beauty of you know two parent households. And I'm not busting on one parent household. I'm just saying, like two parent households, you get both flavors. You, you know, do. you get the dad's sense of uh, you know bringing the kid up, and you get the mom's sense of it. And not only that, there's not a, there's not as much pressure on one parent to you know. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like with my mom, she was a single parent. She so had the total. Pressure. She had to do both. You mm-hmm. know, she couldn't just be. The mom, the right. caregiver. No, no. She exactly. had to like bust some ass every now and then. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. And she did. She had to raise a son. She had, yeah. to, re- she had to raise a man. That's mm-hmm. not easy. She did a good job too. I, I noticed after the last episode, I'm a little bit of a pussy, but I'm not going <laughs> to scared of everything. I was apparently. laughing my ass off at the last episode and last podcast. Dude, I thought it was pretty funny. I didn't realize how many things I'm scared of. I'm scared of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but they're legitimate. Come on. You said a shark. You said, a, you know, a... Uh, the fucking snake, a cheetah, not yeah. a cheetah. You went for the gorilla. You went for the, I, I forget. Yeah. But, We're not going to oh, say the alligator. Anymore. Yeah. They want to know about it. Listen to Listen episode to 42. Episode. Listen to Absolutely. episode 42. You can hear how many things I'm scared of. There's a special in there, a thing about uh, a contest. So start, oh, yeah. start, start writing listening. In. Start writing in. Start sending you us some DMs. You may get a chance to hang out with me. Let us know if you want to <laughs> hang out with Roy. And I, um, chances are high if you hang out with Roy, he's going to bust out the piano and start singing. Oh, yeah. That's a definite, but the... Uh, like I always say, like this is why I admire the Kardashians, by the way. And I know why? you don't. I don't. Okay, because if they put cameras in my house, the cameraman would be snoozing after about an hour. Like my life is just so boring. But oh man, I don't get it. Like, I I think a cameraman should follow my you, family. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, you could have cameramen in your house. You think it would be exciting? I think it'll be exciting on the weekend <laughs> okay. when like my family and Pat come over. Ah, okay. Yeah, like my family, they just, they need a, they're the ones that need a camera. Okay. They do. Like those women are just must-see TV. <laughs> my sister tells me stories. I think women in general are must-see TV. Mm. You know, there's something about them that's just utterly watchable. Yeah. You know? Women are just interesting. They are. They're really interesting. But do you think they're interesting to us because we're men and we think like men? Like, I don't think women are like, oh, men are just so interesting. I, I think know. women are like, men are dumb. Yeah, but I don't know. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I think they might be right. I mean, there's honest. always that chance you're you're catching a uh, a dress malfunction on uh, the Kardashians. Oh, that that oh, keep... I can't do They don't even turn me on. No? Nah. No, they just disgust me girls. as human beings. No, they're, wow. Yeah. I mean, the mom seems a little wacky. She's evil. Yeah, she. She sold her soul to the devil. I mean, the funniest dude, uh, uh, dude, whatever, I'm Jenner. I mean, he just doesn't know how to fit into this whole thing. No, he yeah. does now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he found a way. He found, found a way. way. Good. Can you imagine the like? Imagine yeah. if that was fake and the agent was talking him into this. Dude, and I, then and he says, "Wait a minute, this is my work." I did. It's Hollywood. I wouldn't doubt it. Exactly. Those people will do anything to be relevant. But. I saw, man, I saw something the other day. It was like a picture of like Bill Cosby. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you exactly what it was. It was Howard Cosell standing there with OJ Simpson and Bruce Jenner. And he says, I've seen, I'll put it in Cosell's voice. I have seen the future. You're not going (laughs) to believe this shit. (laughs) Think about that picture. It's That's a wild picture. Like in 1982, you're like, wow. Yeah. You're hanging out with the juice. And, and Bruce. Yeah. And now it's like 2000. It's like, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, 
<laughs> Chappelle does a fantastic uh, sketch okay. throughout his like one stand up where he talks about how he when he met OJ Simpson. Mm-hmm. He goes, "This is the first time I met." He goes, "I've met OJ Simpson three times in my entire life." He goes, "This is the first time," and the first time was like. You know, OJ was a star. He was an up and coming right, comedian. Right. He's like, oh my God, it's OJ Simpson. Then the second time, you know, OJ's a star. He's kind of an up and coming star. And, you know, like OJ comes in the green room and he's like, hey, what's up, Juice? Like they're like friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And all his friends are starstruck. And they're like, oh, come yeah. on, guys. That's just, that's my boy, Juice. Like that's my friend. Yeah. Then the third time, it's him and Chris Tucker okay. right after. He like, you know, <laughs> right Chris Tucker's going crazy and Chappelle's walking away from a hundred million dollars and he sees OJ Simpson and at like the Kentucky Derby. And OJ's egg timer had gone off at this point. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> and he was like, well, I'm sorry, it's four times. I skipped one, but it doesn't matter. Okay. And then he's like, he goes, and we ignored him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he came over. He's like, hey guys, let's take a picture. And me and Chris looked at each other like, uh, no. our careers cannot afford this right now. <laughs> right. Our careers are very, very on thin ice. We cannot afford a picture with OJ Simpson right now. We're like, sorry, Juice, you got to yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you you got to rehab your image or something, but, man. But it, it, what I always enjoyed about that story, it's like how life changes. It's like oh, 20 years ago, yeah. he was a star and you're nobody. Fast forward now. Not only was he a trying- star, he was like beloved. Yes. You know, it, it wasn't like he was, and Bill Cosby is in that same boat. I mean, beloved. Yes. And just. <laughs> he uh, he killed that they reputation. They found a way to kill them, kill them with their reputation. You know, I remember coming home from fourth and fifth grade every day. I couldn't get enough of that trial. That was 94. Yes. Yeah, I remember that time real well. There was, there was that weird dichotomy, you know, like people were, some people were really pissed and then you had a whole other segment of society that was really happy. Just a weird thing. And I feel like I kind of understand both. No doubt. No doubt. But I will say this, uh, without meaning to, OJ Simpson completely destroyed American society. Yeah, but all right, so let me ask you this. I get the sense that OJ is somewhat rehabilitated at this point. I'm not even talking about that. Okay. We're still suffering from the aftershocks of OJ Simpson. Maybe. OJ Simpson's trial became the first media reality TV frenzy. Like, I still remember the lawyers' names. Do you you remember one of the lawyers' names? Marsha Clark, Darden. I remember the judge's name, Ito. Uh Uh-huh. What about the defense team? Oh, come on. The dream team. You had Robert Shapiro. Shapiro. You had, uh, um, oh, fuck. What the hell is his name? Um, the glove don't Johnny fit. Johnny Cochran. Quit. Johnny Cochran. You and had Ethley uh, uh, Bailey. You had uh, Kardashian. Bingo. And you had uh, Bob Shapiro. Bring or, it back. You said it. Bring it back. Kardashian. Robert Kardashian. Yeah. Robert Kardashian, his wife. Oh, also. Uh, at the time. Uh, what's his name? Um, Dershowitz. Yeah. But listen, Robert Kardashian at the time, his wife, Chris Kardashian, right. was friends with OJ yeah. and his ex-wife. Brown. Okay. That trial made everybody associated with it famous. It really did. Yeah. She became addicted to the fame. So much so, mm-hmm. she eventually married an American hero after Robert Kardashian passed away. She hold on Bruce to it. Jenner, right. Her kids also became addicted to the fame. They enjoyed it, the notoriety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did whatever they had to do to stay relevant and famous. And what did they do? They used the power of reality television. Yeah. 
You eliminate OJ. You eliminate the Kardashians. You eliminate all. Are you a saying lot of this that shit. OJ is the bottom piece in the Jenga puzzle that is the Kardashians? Hundred percent. There's no OJ Simpson. There's no entertainment TV. Wow. Talk about a butterfly effect. Dude, it's a big one. It really it's is. It's a big one. I'll, I'll take it as far as saying, if there's no OJ Simpson, there's no reality TV, is wow. there a Donald Trump as president? It's huge. Think about that. Yeah. Donald Trump was a star, but reality TV- But he was on re- network television, though. Yeah, but he was- Yeah, but that show was so massive. He was everywhere. You couldn't go anywhere without hearing about The Apprentice. That's- you fired- you're fired. That was the most popular catchphrase. It really was. He trademarked, you're fired. I don't even think you can fire people now and say Trump you're fired. Trump was huge a long time ago, though. I mean, I remember when he bought the New Jersey Generals in 1980 or 81. He destroyed the USFL. You know, and, you know, he was the first guy to bring in some superstars. He brought in Herschel Walker. He mm-hmm. brought in uh, uh, Larry Zonka. I mean, he really kind of built he, things. He destroyed that league by trying to go head-to-head with the NFL. Without a doubt, but I think they, there was a setup just to get them to buy the teams well he desperately wants to get an nfl team and that's a fraternity yeah. they refuse to let him in he had an easier he had an easier run at the presidency same thing with vince mcmahon yeah you know vince mcmahon started that xfl thing vince mcmahon retired well <laughs> he had a reason to retire 16 million reasons <laughs> jesus well he's not married to the uh you know to the, he's married though the best looking woman on the planet there but wasn't she a senator or, or no no or she rep? was a secretary of um, commerce under trump yeah but she was i believe she held office in uh connecticut, connecticut possibly yeah. possibly i don't know but uh bright woman i'm not taking anything away you know, bright check they built Those a kids. beautiful business they sure did i mean i remember the wwf in the old days you know there was a lot of competition they, they really really negotiated that whole thing beautifully and it's not going anywhere no his kids are taking that over absolutely I mean, Shane and the daughter. Shane's killing it. Stephanie's killing yeah. it. And, then and I hear they're got, good folks. And Triple H. Yeah. I hear they're good hate, folks, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've never met them, so I don't know. Yeah. But anyone who can turn, uh, you know, suck it into a family-friendly trademark, good for him. I had a weird thing uh, happen to me uh, yesterday, actually. I, it was like a, uh, I saved face pretty easily. I was in Walgreens, and there was a girl wearing a tank top that, like, with no bra. I mean, you're no literally- brazier. Yeah, and I'm like, it like <laughs> I'm mesmerized first of all by it, and she kind of like wheels on me. I'm like, uh, can you grab me that bag of potato chips? <laughs> I'm like, thank God, it was like a last minute kick save. Gotta throw it out there. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm like, if you were my daughter, you would not be walking out like that. How old was she? She had to be about seventeen, eighteen years old. Oh no, 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 no! You're not leaving my house like that. I'm like, but damn, I'm like, you're not even caring like you're just no, walking it's around tw- it's 2022 bro let the Nobody nipples fly or something i guess so set the nipples free set, the- <laughs> set them free it's a wild it's a wild but incredible time to be alive right now it really it really is man yeah, i like looking at her like yeah, you were my daughter you wouldn't be on something like this and tell you that it's, it's, but i'll look you know i <laughs> know oh, man when they're that young it's i can't even know <laughs> I'm she dang. was your type, though. She was that blonde. Oh, God. You know what I'm talking I about. I would have ran. Yeah. <laughs> I would have ran right to my car be like, get me out of here. Not today, Satan. All Not right, today. So here's the next thing. Uh, Lainey caught me looking at myself in the mirror the other day. And I know you you know, you know, pose a lot in the mirror. <laughs> All the time, baby. <laughs> She's like, what are you looking at yourself for? And I'm like, 
because I think I look fucking good still at 60 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why the hell not? Yeah. I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that story of like the, you know, you know, the two wolves, you know, which one, uh, you know, there's one that's envy and there's two wolves living inside every one of us. Okay. You know? One is envy and evil and hate and right. jealousy. And the other one is love and compassion. You know, it's like, well, which one wins? It's like the one that you feed. <laughs> I like that. So, you know, I feel like sometimes it's good to look in the mirror and be like, yeah, feed your ego a little bit. You know bit. what the problem is? And, and I noticed this when I see like, like Sly Stallone taking his shirt off or, you know, or Arnold. You just, you can't stop the mudslide of the chest. Like you can lift a, sh- a lot. Nah, it's going to go. It's but gravity. sooner or later, it just gets pulled down and it's suckable. Well, here's the thing. And, you know, we're complaining, but we're men. We don't feel the effects of gravity there until we're late 50s, yeah, early yeah. 60s. I'm be- just beginning to get that now, yeah. Women laugh and they're like, yeah, we start feeling that late 20s, early 30s. But, you know, when we start to feel it, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it there. Go, babe, go. I don't know about you, but we start to feel it in our balls. Uh, Gravity starts affecting your oh, balls, Roy. Oh, 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 oh. Gravity starts like affecting your balls. Them, uh, yeah, like flat, man. You know, that first time you sit on the toilet and your balls <laughs> splash in there and you're like, whoa, <laughs> that's new. That's new. Give them a little fucking blessing. Yeah, I guess so. I, You know, you see that when you go to the gym and you see these guys taking their clothes off like willy-nilly Just before they go into the sauna. And I'm like, saggy old man balls. On. It happens. Put that shit back. In it the, happens. Put that shit back in your contender's underwear. Contender's underwear. <laughs> Promo code tapping in 20. Save 20%. I'll tell you what, though. Those contender's underwear. <laughs> they're awesome. Doesn't matter how much your balls sag. They're being kept in place. I think, well, from place. what I know, and I don't know this for sure, but I do know that uh, the contender company, the manufacturer, they went through round after round of research, you know, gauging how low the balls can uh, come down before they need uh, support. Bro, they can go they can go down pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a woman, like, you know, like, like the bigger your balls, the yeah. faster that gravity's just going to take them. Yeah, there's like more mass to be sucked Yeah, like if you've got large breasts, they're great when you're like 18, but by 26, 27, gravity's pulling those bad boys down. I feel so bad for women because they they seem to get, you know, bigger and bigger as they get older, you know? Sorry, I don't mind that. Let them go. Bazinga. (laughs) But, yeah, saggy (laughs) old man I know you're a MILF kind of guy. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Ever since I was a kid, I've always been attracted to like Digging on MILFs. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah, when I was like like eight or nine. Now is it a teacher student kind of like fantasy or what is it? I don't know. I just think I like older women. My wife's You've older. been a bad boy. Spank me. Exactly. Maybe punished. I'll put on a little schoolboy outfit. You misspelled the word. Keep me after class. Have me clear out the chalk. Right. <laughs> like, am I banging the chalk the right way? Get over here, yo. Oh my goodness. A lot of, a lot of fantasies coming to life right now. Uh, never thought I'd be with you, but hey, yeah, listen, I'm sure a lot of our listeners got some saggy old man balls. I hope not. I mean, I, I, I really they hope and they're lying to themselves. This person goes, no, my balls are still high and tight. Shut up. They're not, your balls don't look the way they did when you were 17. That's for sure. No, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. That's for sure. High and tight, baby, like a dogs fade. too. Like, yeah, I haven't gotten my dog. He's two years old and I haven't gotten him neutered yet. He's got some, you know, tight balls. That's wild. Are you going to get him nudicles? 
I'll give you the story about my dog real fast because nobody ever wants to hear about the fruit fruit dog and this and that. But here's here's the story real fast. Freddie was supposed that's the name of my dog. He was supposed to get neutered, okay? And I drop him off. They gave me the bill. I actually gave him their credit card. It was a thousand bucks to to get him neutered. And I'm literally pulling my car into reverse. I turn around in the parking lot because I was going to pick him up about five hours later. And I said, I can't let them do this. I just can't let them do it. He's this, he's like got the greatest spunk. He's got the greatest personality and this is going to change him. So I immediately like go back in and I run back in. And I go, did you do it yet? And they go, no, 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 no. I go, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I said, give me my credit card information back. Wow. And I just couldn't do it to him. And I'm so happy I uh, pulled back on that. I mean, if you wanted to get rid of his balls, you know what you should have done? Use a hedge clipper. Had him get married. Ah, <laughs> lovely. Buzzing is a marriage <laughs> joke for you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> what is your wife keeping her purse? My balls. <laughs> Not my wife. I run my house. My wife don't yeah. tell me what to do. I'm gonna, I'm, one of the things we were talking about at, at my dinner party the other night was if the uh, husband snores and Jesus was telling me he has like a real bad snoring issue. Really? Yeah, he's like like CPAP kind of shit. Oh, no, no, really? not, not Jesus. It was Rex. Oh, he, Rex. He's is... got serious CPAP Oh, dude, issues. Rex clears rooms. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard stories. Yeah. Every now and then, Lane will give me a kick in bed. Like, I'm snoring. I'll, I think I've talked about this before. I'll snore, but it depends on the angle. Like, okay. if I sleep on my recliner, I'm going to snore. But that's because right. I, re- I... I snore when I'm on my back. Listen, I, I had my nose looked at a couple of years ago, and there's scar tissue up there. There's right, car, right. The doctor's like, you've definitely had your nose broken a couple of times. Right. Uh, so I'm convinced that that's why when I sit back, I'm like, there's just no air getting up there. Yeah, yeah. But like, if I you know sleep on my side and lay on my nice uh, cool. Tempur-Pedic bed, I sleep like a baby. <laughs> Out. Tempur-Pedic is the memory foam? Yeah, kind of. Okay. It's, it's good stuff. All right. Now, when Steph was pregnant, she used to snore like Darth Vader. Why is that? I don't know, dude. It was scary. I thought there was something wrong with it, and then I Googled it. It's a totally real thing. A woman snoring is is like the most unsexual thing Listen, going. It wasn't like a snore. That listening to them on the can doing number two. I, I Googled it because I thought there was something wrong with her. <laughs> and apparently it's very normal for pregnant women to like develop like like prego snoring. Wow, I didn't know that. It was scary. Because it'd be like it'd be like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, when I was on here. These both kids? <laughs> Holy shit, like heavy breathing. <laughs> And then in my head, all I would hear is, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, oh my God, it's here. It's Darth. I'd be, so, I, I'd literally wake up. Steph like, Vader. Dude, I'd be terrified. And then she'd wake up. Uh, not with both kids. She didn't do it with Juliana, okay. but with Benny, she did. Wow. Would wake me up in my sleep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's something like incredibly unsexual about that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just like, I was like, fuck, the empire's taking over. <laughs> What's happening right now? Got a little Darth Vader impression. There you go. Luke, I am your father. Dude. (laughs) Benny was really into Darth Vader or in uh, Star Wars for a little bit. Is he? Yeah, he was into it for a little bit. I don't know. I'm so not into Star Wars. I got into it when I was too old. Is that a... Yeah. I think the movies have gone like way down though. Like you got the first three or four that are really good stories. Yeah, great stories. You know, but then it's like it just took a dump. Yeah, yeah. the stories of Jesus. Is that what it is? Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus makes an appearance. Chosen one. He's the dark side. He's the dark side. 
No, you know, he gets invited to join the dark side. He refuses. Oh, I got you. He's, he's like chosen like 40 one. days in the desert kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that type of stuff. If you really think about it, every movie can be taken from the Bible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I heard this story before. When's the last time you read the Bible? From like front to back? Front to back. Yeah. Genesis. God, probably not since I was like 14, 15. Yeah. I just finished Genesis, actually. It's fucking like really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Collins was great. <laughs> right, <laughs> but I'm boy, like the comedy is just. I'm on tonight, dude. I'm on. I'm on fuego. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Rickles over here. I'm you know going. what it is? It's because we got air conditioning in the school again. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, I can just relax. Now, I mean, balls I, in here for like the last three weeks. But it was it was hot the other night. I was here on Monday night, and like I'd never seen the the pads so sweated up. Horrible. It was unbelievable. It was great. I mean, it was though. cool as hell to be a part of that. It was great. But it was bad. Though, I mean, even the even the hardwood floors were sweaty. Yeah, you know from uh, yeah they had to get mopped up. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I, I loved like, how you put together uh, Josh and Paul Payne. Yeah, <laughs> holy! Because then we just put all the sweat in one group. It's really amazing. And in one corner, and instead Dodie, of like spreading it out, Dodie's sweats his ass off too yeah he does pretty amazing wild like the shit's just dripping off of the dude i mean it's all it was also like 92 degrees in here yeah and yet you know what classes didn't skip a beat no we were packed it was was great i mean at this point people kind of get it be like oh yeah the air went again well you always say this one line that i think it really really sinks in with people where it said listen if you take off during the summertime you're going to come back and roll with the same guy that you know you're beating the crap out of and then you know things have changed and listen, that's usually when people quit. Is it the summertime? Uh, when they come back in the fall. Okay, I got you. So it's uh, so the big rush for people joining it is the fall time frame. Yes. And then the winter, I guess, obviously, and then uh, winter slows down. Then you get a little bit of a pop around right the like January. February, March. Uh, well, last year not so much in January. Now is that like New Year's resolution kind of stuff? So that used to be a very busy time. Yeah. But last year, not so much. Okay. There was something going around. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the new trend. I don't think you're going to see people rushing to the gym in January. I think you're going to see it in March. Yeah, when people realize it's not as bad as they thought it was going to be. Yeah. When they're like, okay, the flu season's over. Wow. <laughs> I guess I'll go to the gym now. We're going to see New Year's resolutions getting pushed to March 1st. I still get people like uh, say, uh, I'm not feeling well. I, I caught COVID and it's like, uh, I just, you know, I have to quarantine myself and this and that. Go for it. See you later. Yeah. I mean, just so you know, I've had it with work. People are like, so just so you know, my wife was exposed. Right. And uh, what do you want me to what, what should I do? And I'm like, come to work. <laughs> exactly. They're like, what? People are shocked when I tell them what like, the state guidelines are now. They're like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Even if you test positive, but you've got no symptoms, you can go to work. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's the rule. No, go. So on the trains right now, are they, yeah. are they for, they're not enforcing masks and any of that stuff. Nope, over. Because oh, everything's cool that way. Yeah, over. Wow. How is it in the church? Like everybody's cool that way or somebody, if you wear masks? People wear masks. And you know what yeah. I don't like? What's that? I really don't like this. And I hope they go back to the old way. You know, you get up and you're like, peace be with you. Peace right. be with you. And you would like shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prayer, like, peace be with you. Now you give each other a peace sign. <laughs> oh, that is so it's like, peace be. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Exactly. That's like the fist bumps. Yeah, I'm like, dude, COVID don't live in the house of God. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> Peace be with you, Padre. It's like when Shake I saw Biden elbowing the uh, the dude in, from Saudi Arabia. 
I'm like, dude, shake his hand. Oh, dude, it's crazy. Come on. Uh, all right, Roy. It's that time of night. Yes. What's the subject? We're segueing into the uh, the rough segue. This was a tough one because it's like when you're rolling on the mat. I'm gonna. Uh, the main subject is emotions and how to handle it. But when you're rolling with somebody, you really got to contain these emotions. I mean, yeah, you can like. So hard for some people to do. Yeah. Can't figure it out. And then you start saying, okay, there's also emotions involved in decision making. Like mm-hmm. like you were talking about at work, for instance. You made a big decision to Jeff in it. Jeff in it, baby. You know? We're Jeff in it. And then you got your relationships where your emotions are completely tied up in that whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, dealing with women and vice versa and this and that. And then also executing your game plan in jiu-jitsu can be an emotional thing. So that's really the subject. So, if we, you know. I just wanted to kind of address that whole thing. So if you were talking about it in terms of decision-making, like at work, do you ever find yourself like getting emotion, like anger or, you know, getting unnecessarily emotional about something? So, and and this is why I think this is a great subject for especially, you know, a jujitsu podcast, which, you know, technically we still are. Mm -hmm. You learn very quickly on these mats that if you start making decisions based off of emotion, Mm -hmm. if you get emotional, and emotion doesn't doesn't have to mean that you know you know you're pissed off and you're gone. No, you can panic, you can freak out, you can right. be nervous, you can be scared. You're gonna make decisions based off those emotions. You know, I went with uh, tonight. I was training with someone and they didn't go for something, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Shit, I should just gone for it." I doubted it, and I'm like, "That's your emotions. You listen to your emotions." What's great about jujitsu is if you make an emotional decision, the consequence is immediate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's the like immediate feedback. Immediate feedback, right? And the consequence is physical. Yeah. You feel the consequence of your action. So you learn very quickly, like, man, my emotions felt this way, and then my body ended up feeling this way. Yeah. So you start learning to keep that little tiger in its cage. You start learning to adjust your emotions, control your emotions, and not let them control you. That translates into your everyday life, where you start sitting back and be like, all right, well, I want to do this, but... Let me control myself right now. Yeah. Let me really think about it. Or maybe do nothing for a little bit. We were talking about that tonight where, you know, you're fighting your back and you're trying to get someone off your back. Man, maybe you're not going to end up on top. Maybe you're not going to get a sweep. You're not going to get a submission. Right, right. But you can recover guard. You can reset, take a step back, get back to a neutral position and restart. Right. We don't do that in life. You know, we get an email and we don't like what was written in the email. We're like, oh. Oh, okay. Dear Peg, right. I received your email. It's like, stop. Maybe answer that email in like 20 minutes when you're that's not what they pissed always say. off. They say, take a step back for at least. But that's hard for people to do. Yeah. Because if you don't control your emotions, your emotions will control you. And you will notice that things around you in your life start going to shit. Mm-hmm. And you'll blame this person. You'll blame that. It's you. You need to control your emotions right. and control yourself and control your actions. It's that. It's it's such a simple idea, but it's difficult to execute it. And there are different flavors of emotion. You get anger. You get. I mean, let's just take it in BJJ. Like, let's say you're controlling somebody from the back. Mm-hmm. There's this little bit of anger that they're not like submitting. Or they're not tapping. The frustration kicks then in. Then you get the frustration, which is another thing. Then you get this sort of like incredible adrenaline rush when something looks like it's going to work. 
you know, it's like a, an incredible roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, I, I saw something the other day. I think Tom posted it, and it was like a composure isn't learned; it's earned. Love it, and yeah. that's it, it's unfortunately something that you do have to figure out. Yeah. I was talking to Max today, and I told Max, I was like, Max, your problem is never technique. Your problem, your problem is your composure. Right. You get in the moment, and you get hyped up, and you get excited. And you let that take over. Yeah. It's like, you've got to control that. Once you learn how to control that, it'll get better. But like I was explaining to him, I was like, I went through the same thing early on, you know, when I would compete, I would be very emotional and think that I'd had to go out there fired up. Then I'd make stupid mistakes and I'd go too fast. Mm. So then I'd try to correct it. And then what did I do? I started going too slow. You know, some people can get out there and they figure it out right away. Right, right. It was a little bit of a learning curve. I think of it in terms of, I remember like when I was playing quarterback in uh, middle school and high school, you like when the shit's coming down, like the pocket is uh, collapsing and you get that fear factor, but because you can't see behind you and to the side of you, a lot of times you have to have total trust and you have to have poise in the pocket you have to have very little movement not you know big movements and it's just that's something you learn to control pretty quick well they talk about that with nfl quarterbacks yeah you know you know they're looking right down the barrel there's coming someone coming right at them and they just step right into it and throw the ball because they trust yeah they have to innately trust their their teammates and to keep a pocket some of them throw it even when they know they're going to get hit yeah that's 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 full control right there. Well, they get spooked. I mean, a, a lot of guys that don't do that. Ooh, hit the microphone. That's going to suck. Uh, that's what happened to David Carr. He got sacked like 97 times in two games mm-hmm. and it ruined his career. But going back to the composure thing and the controlling of your emotions, th- there's no way around it, you know? And, you know, you'll think about anybody you know who's a very emotional person. Mm-hmm. And I consider myself. I tell people, I joke around all the time when people are like, oh, you're emotional. I'm like, mm, it's called passionate. There's a big difference between being passionate and being emotional. Right. You know, the That's ups, a great point. Very high, very low. Because when you're passionate about something, you don't make irrational decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very passionate about my school. I'm passionate about this podcast. I'm passionate about jujitsu. But I, I think clearly when I make decisions, emotional people don't think clearly. No, they don't. They just react. And when you're passionate about something, it's a great feeling that you have. It's a very strong feeling. Emotions waver. Yeah. You can be very high, very low, very angry. They they come out of nowhere. You know, my passion for what I do here is never going to change, but my emotions can change. That's one of the biggest lessons of investing. You know, when you're in the stock market and this and that, they say you have to become emotionless. You have to say, if your company's going down, don't be married to it. Right. You know, sell it off, that kind of thing. Yeah. Without a doubt, emotions <laughs> rule a lot of decisions in your life, and especially when you get into like relationships. Well, and the thing is, too, is because you don't. We're talking about you know controlling your emotions, and that doesn't mean that you're heartless, right? It doesn't mean be emotionless. I'm not telling you're you to be a robot. Know, yeah, yeah. I'm not telling you to be Dexter, but in a little bit, you have to be. Yeah, you know, no one to have emotions, no one to be compassionate, empathetic, sympathetic, understand the situations. Understand there is a time and a place to be emotional, you know, you know, two, you know, a month ago tomorrow, uh, you know, my father-in-law passed away. Right. I was emotional about that and it's okay to be emotional. You know, I, I you know, I cried, I was upset, I was sad and it's okay yeah, yeah, to yeah. feel those feelings. That's what makes you human. 
Now I cannot use those feelings to make decisions. Right. You know, I can't be like, you know what, Steph, let's just spend all of our savings on the memorial. No, no, you still have to control those emotions. You still have to compose yourself. You know, at the memorial, you still have to shake hands, greet everyone, thank everyone, compose yourself. But it takes control. It takes effort. That's not easy to do. And you do it along the way. I had a conversation with my mother-in-law. And Famous Pat. Famous Pat. Love it. Patty Farms. And talking about this. And I remember she was talking about something one day. And I was like, Pat, you get so upset so quickly. Yeah. I was like, over like dumb shit too. I was like, I was like, I was like, like if the dressing's not on the side, you're like, I asked for dressing on it. I was like, you let these things control you and you lose you lose because then you get worked up you get angry you get upset and you start you lose your cool you lose your cool yeah i'm like over something dumb and i remember she was telling me she goes how do you learn to fix that and i was like easy it starts with something small i was like you have to learn to control your emotions with something small because it's very easy to go to like a movie theater or you want to go see a certain movie Mm -hmm. and it's sold out and it's easy to be like, oh, God damn it. Well, that's it. You just lost. Right. You lost. With that one little thing, you lost. Yeah. No, find a different theater. And listen, I had a complete flip out over a movie a couple weeks ago. But it was also the third movie Steph and I tried to go see. And we got the tickets late and I had to sit in the front row. And I was like, God <laughs> damn it. But I was more upset at myself. It's like, Is it I, Black Phone or something like that? I can't remember which one it was, okay. but I was pissed. But we made it. We made it. We made do. But it starts with something small. It starts with something yeah. you know, they don't have the drink you want. People get pissed over dumb stuff all the time. Yeah, you know, you go to Wawa and they don't have the French vanilla. You're like, oh, you don't have French vanilla, <laughs> dude. I had a guy yell at me one time at Red Lobster because they didn't make, we didn't have the cheesy bay biscuits that he liked. Those are so good. Seventeen grams of fat per biscuit. Don't give a shit. They're good. Mm-hmm. He lost his cool. He yelled at me in the middle of a restaurant while he was at dinner with his family. Sunday. Post church crowd, right? Nothing wrong with church. Nothing wrong with eating on dinner uh, after church. But a lot of people that do that are horrendous. They're not people. getting the message. They're just not nice people. Yeah, they actually look down at you because you're at work and they went to church. <laughs> they do. They do. Like they'll talk to you like you're an asshole because you should have been serving God today. And it's like, right. yeah, but if I'm serving God, who's serving you? Yeah. And you want these Cheddar Bay biscuits? But he lost his cool and he made an ass of himself in front yeah. of his family, in front of all these strangers. Over fucking bread. Yeah. How do you think he reacts to major things? Oh, yeah. I mean, but let me just say this. Those kind of guys, they don't there's see a, it. There's a lot of people they like that, though. They don't see it. Do you know what I'm saying? Anyone who's like that doesn't see it. Because That's what here's I'm the thing. He yelled at me for Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Right. There was no immediate repercussions for his behavior. There was no... Oh, conflict. I got you. Yeah, yeah. That's well, a good point. There was... But he didn't know it. Right. You know, he doesn't know that I shoved my hand down my pants, grabbed all my ball sweat, and handpicked all his biscuits. And it had a nice salt taste, though. Nice little. <laughs> Very, <laughs> well, back when my balls were high and tight. <laughs> Get that salsa flavor in there. Yeah. Now I could just, you know, swing them around and everybody gets a little bit. But wait, can you imagine him sitting at the table going, hmm, these biscuits are really good? <laughs> I can. Well, because the last biscuit I took, for it. well, the last biscuit I grabbed, I like shoved 
down my <laughs> pants and I like rubbed <laughs> everything oh, like from sack to back. And I put it right on the top and I, I ran those biscuits to <laughs> the him. special ones for you, bro. <laughs> well, he was just a dick. Like yeah. he like stood up out of his chair and yelled at me. He goes, I don't want to see your was face. Was he an older guy or like older what? fat dude? Wow. Yeah. So well, obviously, if he's fat, I mean, he, he was like three hundred. He took he his like biscuits seriously. Pounds, dude, he was like three hundred fifty pounds. So he takes his biscuits. And I'm not seriously. saying that, like, listen. And I'm not saying that large people are angry, <laughs> but he just usually they're jolly. fit the stereotypes of this like angry, fat, yeah. old white dude yeah. who wanted his Cheddar Bay biscuits. And yes, he does take his biscuits seriously. So did I. Yeah. But like, I couldn't just produce them out of nowhere. So I sat there and I watched. I was like, "Your biscuits, sir." <laughs> And he's like, finally, I was like, now nah, I want to make sure. Finally, young well, I, man. I, I, remember, I, was, I was like, now nah, please, sir, I want to make sure they're to your standard. And he took a big bite of that top one because I made it like a little pyramid so I knew he grabbed that one. <laughs> and he took a bite. And I'm there. I, I, I saw this moment in slow motion in my head. He took a bite. The crumbs are falling down his face. And he does like the slow motion side to side. He goes, mm, Thank you, Miguel. Love these biscuits. And I was like, Yes. Yes. God, I was so happy. I was so happy. He just had a Cheddar Bay biscuit full of my nut sweat. And it was a Sunday, too. So I was running oh, around like yeah. a madman. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank God. But. No way. There's no way to segue out of that. That has to be embraced for a second. <laughs> did you do that with any other customers? Ever? No, he's the only one I ever he's did the only that one, to. Just this big fat guy. Yeah, wow. I never, I never did things like that to tables. I would just mess with them psychologically. Yeah, like I had one guy at Red Lobster who was like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll order a cherry coke, and I was like, yeah, absolutely, no problem. He's like, extra cherries. I was like, absolutely. And this is where I would get frustrated. Like right. You can you can talk to your waiter. Like people who are like, oh, don't send food back. No, you can absolutely send I'm food back. The waiters don't care. Waiters don't give a shit. If you yeah. got overcooked, it's like, yo, it's like. That's my, the manager like sucking yeah. on the, the cost of yeah. uh, another you'll, plate. Yeah. You'll go back there and be like, yo, Jose, I ordered this medium. It's medium rare. Throw yeah. this shit back on the fucking grill. Exactly. Nuke it for it's, 10 seconds. It's how you present it. Yeah. Absolutely. And this guy was like, can I just get extra cherries? If he would be like, can I, get a, can I get extra cherries? I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Extra. He goes, extra cherries in my cherry coke. I was like. Absolutely, extra cherries. And then he goes, he goes, and I mean extra. And he said it to me like yeah. I was an idiot. And you're so, walking away like, you're going to pay for that. <laughs> so here's what I did. So what I did, because I wanted to enjoy myself and watch the show, I put like eight cherries okay. at the bottom of the glass. Okay. Then I filled the glass to the brim with ice. <laughs> okay. To the brim. So now all your cherries are at the bottom of like mm-hmm. two pounds of ice. Right. Then I filled it with the Coke and the grenadine. So I drop it off and I'm like, extra cherries, boss. And you can see all these cherries. At the bottom. But to get access to them, yeah. he's got to somehow maneuver around the ice. Yeah. So he starts drinking it. By the time he gets about halfway done, I bring him another one. Seven more cherries. Another two pounds of ice. So I'm just watching this guy try to navigate the ice. <laughs> To get to these cherries <laughs> without making a mess at this table. Wow. And I don't give a shit. I'll clean the mess all day. I'll, I'll clean the ice. I'll tell the bus what boy, I got this. But exactly. I need to see him suffer. He wants those cherries. Then you nice. dig for those fucking cherries in that ice. Okay. I enjoyed it. I don't care about the tip at that point. I'll take a <laughs> shitty tip all day. Usually when people behave like that, they're shitty tippers anyway. No doubt. But... Getting back to the... uh... Their emotions, (laughs) their emotions had consequences. Right. 
but not like in jujitsu mats. On jujitsu mats, those consequences are you lose position, you're getting smothered, you can get submitted. Man, you ever like been in a bad spot and you fight your ass off to get out of there? Yeah, yeah. And now you're like, no, how did I end up here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, very you know, frustrating. You start trying to use more power because yeah. you're frustrated with someone. You ever had a round where you're so frustrated with the person because they're beating your ass that you think, I'll turn it up more? Right. The round goes worse. Dude, it doesn't get better. That's like the first lesson in boxing. It's like when you're against the ropes and you're and you're really, really getting your ass kicked, there is that moment where you have to fight back. Yeah. You know, you can't be a punching dummy. But the problem is, is that if you do hit back, that just kind of turns the other guy up a notch. Mm-hmm. You're like, motherfucker, I'm going to get killed here. You got to control your emotions and keep yeah. them at bay. Without because any. if you get too emotional, nothing's going to get better. Do you know any uh, any BJJ guys uh, that, that utilize sort of anger? Better than others? I, I won't say anger, but I feel like Gordon really fuels himself. I knew you were going to say that because I, I think, think he, he uses, does. I think um, he fuels it. Yeah, but he doesn't use Like the way it. Jordan did. Yes. Like, I'm going to show you why I'm the best. Yeah. But even with that, like, if you watch his matches, he's composed the whole time. But there are some guys that are super aggressive on the mats. Perfect example. His match against Cyborg. Cyborg smacked him yep. like 27 that, times. Yeah. And Gordon just laughed because he knew if he would have gotten pissed, he would have been playing Cyborg's game. Mm. And then Cyborg could do what he wants. Right. Gordon sat there. He's like, dude, slap me all you want. I'm still going to dominate. They, I think they eventually DQ'd Cyborg with like five seconds left. I remember Cyborg tapping on that one because Gordon totally had his legs. I know that that was ADCC. Right. That was at ADCC where Cyborg was literally just watching Gordon for like five exactly. seconds. I was like, tap. I have no idea what you're doing exactly. or how you got there and I can't get out. Yeah. That's levels. But at, at Mundials, Nogi Mundials, he slapped the shit out of Gordon like 27 times. Okay. And then these are the same. And that's another guy letting his emotions get the best of him, letting the shit talk get the best of him, acting out on the composure. And the guy who's supposed to be the maniac is just sitting on the floor playing his game laughing Right. These are the same guys that will then go out there and be like, ah, he specked. You got to have his spec. <laughs> that, yeah. It's oh, like, without dude, a doubt. Dude, like, come on. Yeah. A lot of hypocrisy. So when you, all right, let's take it out of BJJ for a second and out of. I mean, listen, I get why people slap the shit out of Gordon. He's, he can really <laughs> piss you off. But it's like, you got to say, like, you're, you're losing. When you do that, you're losing. So now you take it up the notch and you deal with your personal relationships you know, especially with your wife or something like that. Mm-hmm. You really, I mean, the oldest line in the book is like happy wife, happy life kind of thing. You got to really contain this anger, or this frustration or this sort of nagging thing that you just want to like be sarcastic with her. You know, I have a problem with my tone. Okay. It's not an emotional thing. It's just my tone. Right. Uh, it's not loud. It's not aggressive. Sometimes it just almost seems a little condescending. Yep. And I get it. I get that all the and time. And I get too. it. Yeah. And it's because, well, it's probably because it is. My wife is always like, it's not what you said, Roy. It's how you said it. And I'm like, oh, for God's sakes. My wife has a very similar problem. I tell her all the time, I was like, it's your tone. Hmm. She's like, it's your tone. <laughs> I was like, no, it's, it's your, your tone. tone. And then we're literally fighting about each other's tone <laughs> while doing it in the tone. Because um, like she'll say things like, is there any chance? And I'll look at me like, 
Yeah. After I do everything else. And she's like, your tone. I'm like, your tone. <laughs> and then the kids looking at us like, tones? <laughs> like shades of gray? Uh, they're funny. But we try not to, like, we, we do not yell at each other. We do not scream at each other. Yeah. Uh, so do you like, like when you're really feeling the temperature heat up, do you ever turn around and just say, like serenity now, serenity now, or something like that, and just calm down. No, we're honest with each other. Oh, wow. okay. Like I'll tell her, I'll be like, honestly, I need a couple minutes. Yeah. Because or or like if the kids are around, we'll do the whole. We'll talk about this later tonight. Right. And it's the same thing. The kids, kids can rev you up like real fast too. Oh, the kids get me. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Benny <laughs> gets me too. Wow. I wish I had Steph's patience. She's good, but they, but it's again, it's it's just working on the emotions. Yeah. And it's learn to control your emotions because with kids you get a little bit. Sometimes you feel like they're disrespecting you. Yeah, like when you're like, "Hey, pick up your shoes," and they don't do it. It's like, "The fuck are you ignoring me? I know you hear me." So wow, it, it feels like this disrespect thing. And I think that's really important, though. I every like I used to say to Jace when he was a little kid. I used to say every now and then I I didn't say it to him, but I said it to you know my wife and be like, every now and then he needs to see that his old man can be a maniac. Yes, you know it's good for he, them to see it. Yeah. So <laughs> I totally get that. But, you know, you don't want to be a maniac all the time because then no. you're teaching them like, hey, when you feel something, just react. You don't it's want like, them to be fucking gun shy, you know? I saw, well, that's why one time I got into a little situation at the mall. Yeah. And, yeah, and I told Steph, I was like, you got to let me do it. You got to let me do it. <laughs> you got to let the tiger out like, of the well, cage. Well, yeah. that was like the situation with, uh, we talked about this in the one episode where the guy like the flipped p- me off at the car. Yeah, and I, got I remember out. that. Yeah. And I told Steph, I was like, they need to see that. Like, yo, like, yeah. don't be a punk. Like, don't be a little, you know. And now you're two no, besties. No, no, the situations. Yeah. You know, like, if that happens in, like, Camden, maybe just get the fuck out of Camden. <laughs> you know, lock the doors, drive out. Situational awareness is a real thing. You got to know your surroundings. But uh, Camden's, if, you don't, if you're not from Jersey, like, Camden's rough. And anyone from Camden who's hearing that, like, don't lie to yourself. It's rough. It's a rough town. Yeah. It's a rough town. <laughs> so it's been like not like what twenty years in the running top ten most dangerous cities yeah, in America. No, that that's like it's rough Baltimore, Camden, Newark, whatever. Yeah, um, we all know those cities. Doesn't Camden have a baseball team? They have a minor league baseball team. But What's, here's the thing about Camden: they got a beautiful amphitheater. In fact, I'm going to see a great concert down there. Pretty yeah, soon. they do. It used to be the yeah. Tweeter Center. Exactly. Yeah, it's really nice. What's it called now? I have no fucking clue. I I just know that I bought uh tickets to go see some of these is it called like on the river yeah yeah that's what it is and it's really nice because you're looking across philadelphia right next to the aquarium yeah exactly it's a really really nice thing when i first started dating steph we went to a concert there i just know i paid 600 bucks for two freaking who are you gonna go see you're not even gonna like it i mean they're like 80s bands ario speedwagon and sticks that's a good show it's a great show don't get me wrong I'm, i'm gonna love it but it's like everybody listening to this is like who the fuck are those guys yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. They no. know people know Ario Speedwagon. People know Come Sail Away and, and from Sticks and all that. Okay, possibly, uh, <laughs> maybe. But uh, no, we went there for a concert, and this is one of our first like arguments. We were dating okay. less than six months. We're around. It was our first summer together. Okay. We go to this concert, and I'm driving back, and she's still terrible at giving directions in the car. Just she forgets that's her job. And she's like, "Oh, you had to make a left there," and I'm like, "And you have one job." <laughs> 
<laughs> you have one job. Just give me the fucking directions before that's I get like, there. That's like you trying to keep your cool, but throwing the sarcasm. Yeah. Oh my God. I do or like the same she does, thing. she'll do the whole like, all right, you have a left coming up. Awesome. <laughs> Care to tell me where? Like, right. where, like <laughs> this light, the next, like, come on, man, help me out. Help me out a little bit. She's just, now, do you control it a little better now, or were you better? Like, have you gotten better or worse? We're so much better now. Oh, good. Uh, I will say this, though. <laughs> the car ride is the weak point for mine and Steph's marriage. Okay. Like, if you got in the car with us while we're driving, you would leave and be like, those guys are going to get divorced. Right. They're not going to make it. <laughs> They're not going to make it. It's all bets are off. It goes, it's gotten better now that I do all the driving. That's funny. Because she's not a good driver and I correct her. Right. And she's like, I'm going to stop driving. I'm going to stop driving. I'm like, Steph, I'm trying to help you be a better driver. Yeah. I was like, I'm not critiquing. I'm educating you because <laughs> you're terrible. And she's like, I'm not a bad driver. My parents taught me. I was like, your parents are both horrible drivers. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Oh, my and, you know, God. John would blame it on his Parkinson's. I'm like, bullshit, dude. <laughs> you're just a shit. Yeah. John. I'm like, you're a bad driver. Like that has nothing to do with Parkinson's. You're a horrible and my oh mother-in-law. Oh my god, that cracks me the fuck up. Dude, my mother-in-law's terrible. I don't even like. Now her does park- she get into accidents and stuff? Yes. Oh, that's terrible. Yes, she like she hits cars when she's parking. Oh god. I don't let her park near me. Wow. Like if she's coming to the house, I stand in front of my truck to stop her. <laughs> she's like, I'm not gonna hit your truck. I'm like, I don't believe that fully. <laughs> right. I've seen what you do in your car. Consider me like an airport person just Listen, guiding you in to the i'll borrow her minivan one week right you'll look at that minivan and within five seconds you'll be like oh yes it's a bad driver <laughs> like all four corners of your car should not be scratched yes, or dented exactly. like that's a problem you know one dent and eh, could have been anything but like mm-hmm. the whole vehicle that's you the baby tires have like a bald spot from her like cracking it against the curb oh, and shit. it's so bad it's so bad but i don't yell <laughs> I control my emotions. You're a man that's under control. I'm trying. I'm trying. But like, you know, marriage will... Here's the thing. If you're an emotional person and can't control your emotions, marriage will destroy you. Without a doubt. Destroy you. I mean, you either learn real fast to control this shit or you're looking at a divorce. Because sooner or later, the woman's just going to be like, cut the shit. Yeah. And rightly so. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. But does it go the other way? Like, do you think women control their emotions? Because they're obviously more emotional. I feel like the easy. Do they have more free reign? Let me ask you that. Let me say this. I feel like the easy answer there is, uh, yes, women are more emotional. But I don't think that's true. I think a lot of times, when women give honest opinions or honest behavior, honest actions, it gets downplayed, and they get told you're being emotional. Okay. And I feel like that's something that men do, and it's like, but we do it to each other too. Yeah. You know, like if a guy, like if you start telling one of your guy friends like Mm -hmm. something that you're feeling like, you do, why are you doing that? What do they say? Be like, dude, why are you acting like a bitch? Right, right. It gets downplayed right away, and it gets it gets devalued, and it gets undermined, and it's like, and it's an easy out too, and it's an easy now, and it's it's all oh my, it's like no, no, no. You had honest opinions, honest feelings, right? And then it got disrespected and disregarded, mm-hmm. and we do it to women all the time. We're like, why are you being so emotional? Are you getting your right. period? It's like no, maybe you're being a dick. <laughs> like you need to stop and think about that. That's nothing. That's that's another podcast, you know. No, but so I'm asking you. So do women? have a little bit more carte blanche. I think they do in that they're expected to be more emotional. They are, you know, hundred percent. I think they get more free reign with that. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a terrible thing. It's not. That's, that's, that's fucking humanity. That that's, you know, 
I feel I'm kind of a, you know, Patty Pimblett had a nice uh, post fight uh, speech where he talked about more men, to be honest, about their emotions and their yeah, feelings. Yeah, I saw that. I said it. And talk to someone. And I think that's a real thing. You need to be able to talk. One of the ways to control your emotions is to address your emotions. Right. Once you address it, listen, if you have a, a leak, a leaky faucet, you could ignore it forever, mm-hmm. but you're going to hear that bloop, bloop, Sooner bloop. Later. The best way to fix that is to first address that there's a problem with the faucet, and now you can fix it. Yeah, that's gonna, that's a tough thing to do because so many guys are just like, I don't know, they they, they learn lessons hard. Hard learn. Yeah. It's a, there's a stigma there too. Yeah. You know, you're talking, you're opening up, you're sharing your feelings. It's right. not strong, silent type. It's like, yeah, a lot of those guys fucking died. Yeah, <laughs> big time. A lot of the guys are the reason why, you know, you're taking Lipitor and shit like that for blood pressure and cholesterol yeah. because you're keeping too much inside. You got to let it out. I think it became a lot easier for me to control my emotions once I started being honest with my emotions. Did marriage help you? I mean, you grew up with all women. I Like me, I grew up all guys and it's like, I really, really learned this lesson hard. Uh, marriage helped me in the sense that now I only had to relay my emotions to one person. Hmm. As opposed to trying to tell four or five, you know, women. <laughs> right now, I get it. <laughs> you know, and and wow. unfortunately for them, you know, I was born in 1985, so you know there was a certain, you know, now it's called toxic masculinity, but there were certain behaviors that were expected of boys. Yes. So they did their best job as women to try to raise a man based on what society told them a man was, mm. and there wasn't a lot of fucking leeway. Yeah. You know, and they did a great job. But there was no like, you know, sharing your emotions and being sad and crying. It's okay, like, so they know. did recognize that they were raising a boy in that sense. Oh, okay. yeah. And not only that, when you went off the tracks a little bit, your aunt put you back in your place physically. Oh, they all brought me back on those tracks. <laughs> okay. They brought me back hard. <laughs> yeah. Until I hit about, you know, six one two yeah, something. Then, it wasn't flying anymore. Then it's like, come on. Don't do this to yourself. Yeah. It's not going to end well. Absolutely. <laughs> we both know that. My Aunt Rosie's still convinced that she can beat me in a fight. She's like, I'd still beat your ass. I'm like, you're funny. Because <laughs> like, you're older now. It's not going to go well for no, you. No, it's not. <laughs> Better watch yourself, Rose. So now the third aspect is this emotion in business. I mean, I got to tell you, I've been around some asshole bosses that like have lost it and they get angry and they throw shit. And I'm like... Just the respect factor goes out the window at that point. And you create a toxic environment. Yeah. You create I mean, a very people toxic. People don't want to work for you. No, nobody wants to work for you. And the people that do want to work for you don't want to produce for you. Yeah. They're just showing up. You know, I something I completely understand. But I, I read an article one time saying that uh, serial killers and sociopaths mm-hmm. have very similar traits to Fortune 500 CEOs. Okay. In the sense that they can completely compartmentalize and keep their emotions at bay. Which means they can do something that would completely be emotional for someone else. You know, take the idea of firing someone. Okay? You're taking away this person's livelihood. This person is not going to be able to right. feed their family. They have no money. Mm-hmm. That can be hard. Fuck yeah. You know, it can break your heart. You don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You got to check that aside. You have to understand this is not an emotional thing. This is not a personal thing. This is business. Yep. You did not produce. You did not follow. I got to do it at work all the time. Right. I'm like, oh, I'll do better. I'm like, do better, dude. You had plenty of chances. You knew the rules. You signed the paperwork. Yeah. 
You're treating them, but on the other side, you are treating them like an adult. You're not being, you know, I'm not your father. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? And, and it reminds me of the successful coaches in football. I don't think there are any more autocratic, you know, like Mike Ditka types in the NFL any longer. Maybe Belichick, but he's pretty quiet. Are right, you going to have to tell me what autocratic means? Just an asshole. Oh. There's no more of these assholes. There's no more of these like Bobby Knight types in basketball. Yeah. I think the players have gone to a point where it, it's they've made it very clear it's not going to be tolerated. Yeah. But is that a good thing? I don't know. That's how, you know, I know you you dig sports like I do and it's like but not even for sports. It's like anywhere. If you're an asshole at any point, right. it's gotten so much so now where if you just try to enforce the rules, mm. you're an asshole. Oh, I got you. Yeah, there is the, the pendulum swinging way too much it, on the other way side. Way yeah. too much. Yeah, there's way too much leeway. Way too much. Listen, I, I see it at work all the time. Do you? Wow. Oh, my God. I tell someone they have to go to a job that signs up at 5 a.m. They're like, come on, Miguel, why are you being a dick? I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, that's when you're going to work. Yeah. I'm being a dick because you're like, come on, man, stop it. All right, so all right, so you're at work and some guy mouths off to you and there's that immediate rush of like confrontation, mm-hmm. kind of anger, that, that kind of like adrenaline rush, I'm going to kick your ass kind of thing. You pull back because you are treating this guy like a with maybe more respect than he deserves kind of thing. But that only lasts so long. So, and unfortunately with the train, you you run into this situation way too many times. I will say this though, the amount of times that I've lost my cool compared to the amount of times that I made the right decision, vastly the latter of the right. two. Uh, it's not even close to be, you know, the comparison. I've maybe lost it on the train maybe two or three times. Are there something. guys that have lost it a lot more though? There are conductors that go out of their way to create a situation so <laughs> okay, they can lose yeah. it. Uh, I've seen it firsthand where I'm like, why are you trying to pick a fight? Yeah. And it's funny because they're always the conductors that can't fight. And when a passenger gets tired of their shit, they're always the ones getting their ass kicked. Right. They've always got a black eye, a bloody nose. I'm like, dude, why are you picking fights? You can't fight. Yeah. What are you doing? Maybe that's why they pick fights though. Well, they, they always talk about a Napoleon complex. I knew a couple of guys like that. That are always looking for a fight. There was one conductor who was probably the worst one I ever worked with. Would go out of his way to create a situation. Wow. Like would purposely walk into other people's cars. If he saw something that he knew he could kind of instigate. What is that? Well, I'll tell you what it was. Uh, it was... Uh, it, it was... Uh, I can't think of the word. When you hold something inside. It was trapped homosexual feelings okay that's what it was because what happened to him homosexual and pedophile to be honest with you he was single lived at home he was about six foot four big dude six four six five right there was always something off i'm like man you're so pissed yeah you're so pissed all the time that's a big secret to keep Uh, in the bottle there dude I, i feel terrible for gay people that have to do that yeah like it's terrible. Like the fact that you feel that you have to keep that a secret. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. like I'll, I'll tell you right now. I don't care if it's my own son. Like, like be honest. Let it go. Tell me. Like I'm not gonna love you less. I'm not gonna treat you differently. Yeah. You know. There will be a lot more jokes at your expense. Hundred percent. But but that's because I love you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's because I love you. Like There'll if be I many many dick jokes at your tons expense. Tons of dick jokes. <laughs> You know, but that's out of care and love. I only joke about people that I care about. Exactly. If I'm not joking around you or making fun of you, it's probably because you make me nervous. Yeah. 
Um, but I just don't think that's a way to live for a person to live. You have to be honest with yourself and who you are and you know, it's crazy, but he held it in for so long. And then about four years ago, he got fired cause he got caught in a sting. Oh uh, shit. Yeah, he went to go like pick a porno up. thing. Yeah. He went to go pick up a 13 year old boy. Oh, wow. And it was an undercover cop. Got him. So for that one, I was I like, mean, I have no respect for that whole like, Neither can I. So know, at that point, I was like, "Listen, if you're kid going, thing, go go, yeah. go stick your dick in a in a glory hole." But you know, yeah. don't don't mess. I'd rather you get caught with that. Cause I'm like, damn, that sucks. But yeah. you're gonna go pick up a kid. Come yeah. on, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? So yeah, no, no, brother. But he was always angry, zero control of his emotions. But going back to that, he couldn't control his emotions because deep down there was something worse that he wasn't addressing. Of course, yeah, and that must have been on his mind constantly. Yeah, because it must pro- have tainted every. You see how I used the word taint? Uh, I saw what you did there. <laughs> it must have tainted everything he did in his life. A hundred percent. But that's the first step. When you're a very emotional person, you gotta get to this. Get to the root of that. Yeah. You know why are you crying all the time? Why are you angry all the time? Why are you? Yeah. Why do you laugh at everything? Why are you living the life that you shouldn't be living? Right. Yeah. You got to get down to the root of that. The problem is, I think sometimes when people want to to find out the root. It's scary. Oh, fuck yeah. Because you're going to have to start they don't traversing. don't have the guts to, to... Well, when you start traversing it, waters, you forgot about. There's another thing that the guy that just does not want to stand up for himself, he swallows a lot of emotion, you know, because he just doesn't have the guts to, you know, physically confront somebody. It's childhood trauma somewhere. A bit of that. No two ways about it. Always. Yeah. There's something there. Right. Uh, and it, it probably has to do with the mother. Yeah, I can see that. Well, most serial killers statistically always had horrible relationships with their mothers. Was that the deal? Yeah. Wow. Very, very bad relationships. You know, the mom would have bad boyfriends. Like a Dahmer or something like that? Yeah, or or like the mothers would like lock them up. Oh, wow. I can't get into all the details, but I remember like that was one of the very prevalent things is they'd have terrible relationships with their mother, which is why most of them become serial killers and go, you know, hunt and kill prostitutes because they just had a natural uh, ingrained mm -hmm. hate towards women. You see the show Mindhunter on uh, Netflix? Now that I watched the show, I read the book. Uh, He's the one who talks about it. Fantastic. That's dealing with emotions. The book yeah. gave me nightmares. Did it really? Yeah. Wow. Because you're not talking about a, a person from a horror movie. These are real people. Yeah. Walking amongst us. I can't remember the one guy, the big tall guy. He's in yeah, the show. Yeah, he's, he's Ed something or other. He's the uh, guy from California that killed the nurses. Yes. Well, he, in the book, I don't know if they talk about it in the show, in the book, but he got a thrill out of knowing that he was smarter than the people right. that were yeah, yeah. keeping, you know, tracking him. That was what Bundy went through too. Dude, he talks about how he killed someone, kept him in, kept the body in his trunk, mm-hmm. and then drove that car to go meet his parole officer. And they were like, you know, he's doing fantastic. And he said that it gave him like a thrill knowing like- Yeah, that I'm getting away I'm with this shit. fooling you. It made him feel fantastic. He yeah. said, I love knowing that I was- I That was like the, the whole thing. The Zodiac Killer was the same way. He, like they taunt the police kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I think uh, they never caught the Zodiac Killer, right? I think they did. Didn't That's they? the California guy also. He, I don't know. What, uh, he had like a uh, Spanish last name. You're Ramirez, thinking about Rodriguez. the night, the night crawler or the oh, night stalker. That's, That's Richard Ramirez. Richard Ramirez. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Richard, that guy became a rock star after he got arrested. Did he really? Yeah. God. Like literally like, once he got arrested, like he had fan mail and women like were showing up to the court case. Like they just, it's, it's interesting. Bundy's the same thing. I mean, people, I don't know. These women are fucking nuts with that. They really are. But now let me ask you this. Yeah. Are these guys showing a lack of control or complete control of their emotions when they're doing what they're doing? 
Mm. Well, they, they do say that if you do not express your emotions, you become an automaton, you know, like a robot kind of thing. And those are the least, like the BTK killer, for instance. Mm. You know, Mr. Nice Guy, the whole thing, he could just, con- he basically compartmentalized the mania. He stopped for like 20 years. Yeah. There's to raise a guy, his daughter. There, yeah. I'm going to talk about control. <laughs> Fucking That's name, next man. level. <laughs> next level. Unbelievable, man. As soon as his daughter turned like 18, 20, went to college, he goes, and back to the kills. Right. What? It, it, yeah, I mean. He freaks me out because he was like a. He's a guy next door. Not just that. He was like a Sloman repairman. So if you got oh, a home security yeah, system. Yeah, he, uh, he had the home security guy. Dude, when I put the home security system in my house, I'm just looking at the guy and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> like I made sure certain things were hidden because he was like coming around the house, connecting this, connecting that. I was like, hmm. I got my eye on you, boy. <laughs> that Sloman Dude, so shield is, I know what that yeah, really means. Get the fuck out of here. He's like, all right, put in the code and he looks away and I'm like, I know you can figure this out. I was like, I was like so as soon as you leave, I'm changing this motherfucker. <laughs> Is your code something really easy to figure out, by the way? No. No? No. Mine is really easy. It's basically L-A-N-I, my wife's name. <laughs> no, my code is, is... When Steph found out one of my codes, she was like, what is that? I was like... And I explained it to her. She goes, how do you remember that? I was exactly. like, it's a very important time in my life. Wow. I explained it to her. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'll never forget that. That's amazing. And, you know, that's, you know, I control my emotions that way. I don't... I don't Good for you. Emotionally brother. pick codes. Yeah. It's my kid's birthday. Oh, shocker. <laughs> exactly. All right. So handling emotional situations, mm-hmm. you know, I was looking up on top 10 ways to handle uh, your emotions and this and that. And the first one is to just smile, not necessarily smiling outside, but just smiling inside. In other words, find your happy place in your mind to like take a step back from the precipice. Kind Say of some thing. happy Gilmore shit. Yeah. Kind of. Find your happy place. Kind of. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know if it works, but you know. uh, th- that's never been something that I've tried. It certainly makes others around you feel less like, you know, I, I think go bananas. I mean, listen, uh, and to be able to do that, maybe that works for some people. I think you have to have a very strong imagination to be able to do that. Yeah. To mentally take yourself out of a situation and be somewhere Happy else. Place. But to me, that's kind of like an escape. Like you're yeah. not really addressing the situation. You're like, I just need to get out of here. I'm a big fan of taking a couple minutes. Right. Cool off. Right. Breathing deep. Moving yeah. around. You know, something or other. Write the email. Right. Don't send the email. <laughs> Delete it right away. You'd be surprised how therapeutic that is. Oh, yeah. It's Where you write it, You write it out. Yeah. And then you read it and be like, yeah, I can't send this shit. And yeah. you delete it. And you're like, damn, I was that pissed. And you're like, right on top of that, Carol. That's Man, it. Leave like, it at that. Like sometimes when I deal with an asshole client and it's like, I really, really want to just lay into this guy. And I, I, Oh God, it's hard, but you know, those, those are the ones where you save and you actually reread them. You're like, boy, I was really pissed at this guy. So why don't you do it? Why don't you flip out on these clients? Because there's a lot of money at stake and you just got to swallow this shit. Customers always write kind of stuff. I mean, now I'm at the point in my life where it's like, fuck off. I can say fuck off and it feels good to say fuck off. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have this sort of security Enough to do it. So I knew that was going to be your answer. But you have to understand, like, to get to that point, it takes composure. No, fuck yeah. It takes experience. Yeah. And it takes you being able to control your emotions because you know that 
even though it's not like on the jiu-jitsu mats where the repercussions are instant and you feel the you know you feel mm. the impact of that right away yeah you know there's going to be a consequence for that yep and you know that consequence is going to affect you directly and that's the biggest problem <laughs> when people point. react emotionally they lose sight of all yeah. perfect example will smith right that's reacted a great example emotionally yep. and in that one moment of loss loss in his emotion lack of composure he sacrificed his whole career yeah not many people want to work with i mean i still am under the uh, i'm one of the people that say that even bad notoriety is good notoriety oh he'll be back he'll be back yeah. and he'll be very interesting to an audience that kind of thing but for right now he has to do the penance well he has, he has to walk it back happen. when benny's 15 mm-hmm. and juliana's 13 and they make a big deal about Will Smith returning to the Oscars. <laughs> and he's only going to be like late 50s, yeah. right? He'll still be a pretty oh, yeah. young guy. Absolutely. He'll have made movies and done mm-hmm. stuff. Like he's not, his pockets aren't going to suffer. They'll make a big deal of it. Like, mm-hmm. And we have Will Smith on the right. We're like, Will, so glad you're back. Yeah. It's and the Benny, Mel Gibson thing. Yeah. And Benny and Juliana will be like, why was he kicked out again? And I'll be like, he slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. <laughs> I thought it was staged. They were trying to distract us from COVID in China. I would have thought that you have got you would have gotten a more Brazilian thing as you got older. I think when it comes to pop culture, I'm going to become just like an old man. Like, <laughs> when I was your age, <laughs> it's my ball now. So I'm going to be. And then like we'll change the channel and be like, oh look, Uncle Gordon's on floor. I'm like, ah, God, I shot him. I'm like, what the hell just happened? That voice just changed in two seconds. He's a fucking nut. Yeah. And then Steph will be like, he's just like his mother. And she's going to become an old Jewish lady. Old Jewish now. lady. <laughs> I don't know why that came out. I think we're just going to, I don't know what's going to happen when we get old. I'm going to start wearing it. Dude, I'm like two weeks away from finding out my genetic makeup. Oh, seriously? Yeah. I guarantee you got a little heeb in you. I hope so. I know you do. Oh, I just gonna, know because a lot of. yarmulke right away. <laughs> <laughs> gonna go to fucking I'm going to Temple. I know doing you everything. got a little bit. You're way too charming not to have I'm like I'm like, come on, Roy. There's gotta be a briss around here somewhere. Yeah. Let me let me snip that for you there. I wanna see a little snipsel <laughs> of the pitzel. Let's see this go. All right, so let's get back to this whole thing. So handling anger, handling emotion, isn't it? Talking with somebody. God, this is I need like W D forty over here. Yeah, right. Like I I don't know if you want to open this kimono, but it, it's like because you speak to somebody every mm-hmm. now and then. Yeah. Well, I mean, I speak to you every week, too. Well, that, too. But I'm just saying, like, not many people do that. They don't. And it's unfortunate. And I saw something the other day, another meme. It said, I'm in therapy because the people that put me in therapy refuse to accept that they need therapy. <laughs> That's a good line. And it's true. And I yeah. think it's a generational thing. A hundred percent. I think younger generations are more open to the idea. Right. I, I, okay. think, I think there's a gender thing. I think older women are more open to the idea of going to therapy but even that's difficult because my mother-in-law not the easiest car for her to jump into she is seeing uh someone now right but it's more uh does it help with emotions it does but she's seeing it's it's not like a permanent thing it's it's you know to help her cope with you know what my father-in-law was going through so it's very like it's very like specific yeah. You know, like coping with Parkinson's and things of that nature. And, you know, she says that it helps. And I'm like, right now, imagine if you saw someone that could help you with everything. Right. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a cultural thing, too. I've talked yeah. about this a couple times. Yeah. 
Uh, I know with the Spanish community, like there's a macho effect. Yeah. Not even like, I remember talking to my aunt one time and she's like, I don't understand people saying they're depressed, depressed about what, why are you so sad? And I'm like, that's not what depression is. Yeah. I was like, depression isn't that you're sad. I was like, depression is you just wake up and you wish you didn't. You just wish it was over. Yeah. And you don't know why. You don't know why you feel this way. And your bank account means nothing. And the people around you mean nothing. Yeah. People telling you that they love you. You think they're full of shit. And you it's know like it you feels disengage so- from society. It's this horrible, wretched feeling. It's like you're in a dark room surrounded by clouds. Wow. And you can't see the sunlight. Wow. And it's brutal. But you have to know that you're there. You have to understand that that's what's happening. Yeah. You know, and, and I think when I started going to therapy, that became more, you know, because I've, I've gone through my bouts of, you know, anxiety and depression. Yeah. Uh, it's not uncommon. I hope it doesn't pass down to my children, but, you know, I'm prepared for it if it is. You need to understand that there's something wrong. Yeah. And it needs to be addressed. And not wrong in the sense that something's wrong with you, but, you know, there's a leak in the faucet. You got to understand that there's Catch something it now wrong. before it gets worse. Yeah, and start talking about it and talk about the hard things and talk about the difficult things. And no matter how trivial something might seem to you, you know, talk about it with someone. And let them, that's what I always found so helpful with therapy is I could express my emotions and I could be emotional to an unbiased person who would then explain to me what I'm doing. That's really And tell me it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to feel that way or say, now ask yourself this. Do you think you might be overreacting with that situation? Why are you so upset about it? And then you start breaking down. You're like, yeah, I'm not even mad about that situation. I'm mad about this. And this has nothing to do with that. You know, like there, you know, there's things with my wife and, you know, she gets upset about certain things. And I tell him like, Steph, it has nothing to do with you. You know, uh, you know, things with the kids, you know, buying them a toy or buying them this. She goes, I feel like people just. Don't give a shit about what I want. I'm like, Steph, because you think it has to do with you. You think they're like, I don't care what Steph says. I was like, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. I'm like, and the second you understand that, the easier your life begins. People's actions are a reflection of themselves, not of you. Yeah. I don't know. I had a, um, I don't really want to talk about this, but but whatever. Um, I had to go, I got forced to go to anger management. Um, and, uh, I just couldn't talk in the class. Like I, I, like there were about five, there were about 10 guys in there and there were some real angry folks in there. Shocking, isn't it? Yeah. There's a real lot of anger out there Yeah, and it's at all strata, you know, Mm -hmm. all financial stratas, but it's like, I didn't, number one, I didn't think I belonged there. So it's like I couldn't put into words what I was really feeling, but there were guys that were so good at it. I would literally like turn to the guy like, I have like uber respect for yeah. your ability to like put what you just went through into words. Like I can't do that. So those are people who are very open with their emotions. Yeah. Probably have experience with therapy. Possibly. Um, especially group settings like that. I'll tell you right now, you put me with Dr. Judy, I'm opening them up. Okay. You put me like in a group setting. You're you not getting down. a word out of me. Yeah. Not a word out of me. And that's that's a trust issue. That's me having issues with people being judgmental. But again, that's not a reflection of the people there. It's a reflection of myself. Yeah. I got to deal with that shit. That's why I talked to Dr. Judy. 
But uh, I mean, I remembered like grabbing the the guy, saying, "Listen, I just don't have it in me to tell what's going on in my head here." Well, here's and, the other thing too. You said you you had to go. Yeah, I was forced to. Yeah, I wasn't forced. I chose on my own. Right. That's a big difference. It's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. Right. If I chose to go to the gym and say I need to get in shape, I'd probably be more successful than if someone said. You got to start going to the gym every Monday and Wednesday. Guess what? That guy's going to cheat on their diet. They're yeah. going to skip. They're going to slack. That's a great point. Because it's not coming from I didn't within even think about you. That. It's not coming from inside of you. So you're not getting the full benefits as if you yeah. made that decision for yourself. Yeah. Someone re- else is controlling your emotions. Yeah. I, that's a, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. That's why I'm here, Roy. Thank God. So, <laughs> so tell us about your mother. <laughs> there was nothing like that. They, they had these... St- I don't know, these fucking lame situations where like they would sh- describe a, a situation that would get you angry and you had to take a step back and just assess it. Is this really happening or am I perceiving it happening? You know, that kind of thing. Oh, I know. No. I had <laughs> I had to attend an angry, uh, a safety driving course. Okay. And part of the course that was, was kind of what when I <laughs> what I was involved. With. Yeah, part of <laughs> part of the course was uh was like, you know, like angry drivers. And, there you go. And I had to attend that and they were all talking about their feelings and shit. Uh-huh. And one of the scenarios was like, you know, when someone, you know, cuts you off. <laughs> there you go. And then they slam the their brakes possibly. How do you feel? And in my I remember like she's going around the room, she goes, "How do you feel, Miguel, when someone cuts you off?" I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, I don't know. I don't really give a shit. She's like, really? But you're here. I'm like, right. I, I'm here because I accumulated eight points on my license in four weeks. That's exactly. And I need to get in here. That's what, that's what happened <laughs> to me. I was like, it's this and drop the three points or I'm losing my license for six months. My problem's not angry driving. My problem is I drive fast as shit. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe that's That was the exact situation. That's what brought yeah. me into that class. So wait a minute. I was sitting next to truckers, you oh know, and I used to feel so bad for these guys because they have to hit the brakes like at a moment's notice when some yeah. douchebag like pulls in front and of them. And hope it stops in time. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know how you cannot be angry. Oh, dude. I, I'll never forget. And like they showed us videos and like <laughs> yes. the videos were like, it's like, it's like, I want you to watch the video and it's like raining and you can't really see what's going on. And then, like, you know, there's no cars in front of you. Yeah. And then it'd be, like, a car speeding right by you. Yep. And then the public like, how does that car speeding make you feel? <laughs> and I'm like, it makes me feel unsafe. Yeah. I'm like, I want to slow down and get let them get away from me in case they crash. Mm-hmm. There was one guy. I'll never... I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> this is a real thing. Road rage is a real thing. Fuck yeah. They're like, how do you feel, George? He's like, you know how I feel? I feel like that guy's an asshole. We're all out here. You're jeopardizing my life mm-hmm. so you can go fast. Fuck that guy. And right. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, <laughs> Or you can slow down, George, and just let them go. Uh, dude, angry, angry. Yeah. Longest 12 hours of my life. Jesus. But It, it always reminds me of the, uh, there's a great George Carlin joke. He used to say, anybody that drives faster than you is a maniac and everyone that drives slower than you is an idiot. Yeah. So it's that, <laughs> that sort of like... Yeah. Well, I... Uh, perception issue. I had I had Benny correct me for something I did the other day. Okay. He uh, He's getting to the age now where he's very observant. I was like scratching my hand or like doing something on my watch and 
I'm like on a straight road and I'm like, I'm using my knee to like steer real quick right, while yeah, I do yeah. something. Uh-huh. He goes, Dada, you're driving with your knees again. <laughs> I do it all the time. I'm like, what? He goes, <laughs> that's not safe. Focus on the road. Wow. And I was like, you're right. It's not safe. Mm-hmm. It's not safe, buddy. What I want to say was like, mind your fucking business. Right. <laughs> but I was like, it's not safe, buddy. <laughs> I'm just like, holy shit, he's catching it, you know. But yeah. it, it made the reason I bring that up is because two minutes earlier than that, I'm like trying to get him to his haircut, to his barbershop appointment, and uh, there's this car going like, you know, 55 right. in the left lane. Oh God, does that fucking piss me off? Horrible, you know. And of course, it's Pennsylvania plates, dude. Fucking a, Pens- I can't believe Come you just on, said it. Come Pennsylvania on, are the worst fucking drivers, listen, and I, I used to live there. Listen, any the listener, fucking drivers, any listener that lives in Jersey and heard that story right away was like, I bet you it was Pennsylvania Pensy plates. plates. Of course, it was Pennsylvania plates. I just had that the other night. I go, yeah, figures fucking Pennsylvania plates. So, <laughs> so I come back to the middle lane and I pass it, and like jokingly, I go, I, I go, get out the left lane, slow poke. Right. And I go to Benny. I was like, Benny, when someone's going slow in the left lane, you call him a slow poke. He's like, no, Dada, that's not nice. Wow. I'm like, God damn it. Benny kid. is so self-contained. Holy shit. Until he's not. Until he's not. How satisfying is it though when you like go around the guy in the left lane and then like really cut in quickly in front of him? So much better now because I got that V8 truck. <laughs> Beauty. So I step on the guy. So like, <laughs> exactly. <they're> like ah. <laughs> and you know, only so that we can both get caught at the same red exactly. light and I stand there looking like an asshole. Like, <laughs> shit. It's like I just blew half a tank of gas so I could do that. That's going to cost me $87 horrible but yeah do you think some of the i'm curious we got a bunch of cops in the in the uh, class do you think they're good drivers yes really i think they're reckless but i bet you they're good yeah i'm not talking about in in the in the uh you know the the cop car i'm talking about like in their private lives 100 percent. okay they drive like cops they're driving 55 miles an hour no they're driving 90 miles an hour okay (laughs) they're driving fast as shit they're weaving in and out i'm glad but they're for some like anytime I drive when a cop like drives like that, like I feel pretty safe. Oh yeah. There's just a certain like way that they do it. They're skillful. Well, because they drive that speed all day, every day. Yeah. Um, there's one cop that trains here, I'm not gonna say who. All these cars are slowing down on Route One. Okay. And I'm like, gosh, that's probably a fucking cop. <laughs> and sure enough, there was a cop in the right lane. Yeah. And as I get close to the cop, I look and I you saw who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave a little head nod. They just gave me a head nod. <laughs> Vroom, I was out, baby. I this is at, recent? Yeah, it was probably oh, like yeah. a month or two ago. <laughs> and uh, I go to Benny. I was like, Benny, daddy can do that because he's Professor Miguel. He knows people. I'm like, you don't do that with cops. I can do that with right, cops. Right. And I told him, I was like, dude, when I saw he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, as soon as we locked eyes, I was like, he's going to book it. I was like, sure did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like. The last thing you're going to do is give Professor Miguel a ticket. That's awesome. I was like, plus I figured if one of your comrades would have pulled me over, be like, the officer back there, I blew right by him. He told me to just keep Let going. Let go, man. <laughs> I was like, you might want to reach out to him. He's not doing his job. But uh, yeah. So if you do not, this is, a, this is a bad aspect of keeping these emotions bottled up. You know sooner or later it's going to lead to like the drugs or the drinking or the, or the you know, anger management, whatever. <laughs> This is where not controlling your emotions, your emotions control you. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And it's not always in the sense that, you know, you you blow up and, you know, you start crying. People are like, oh, your emotions are controlling. No, sometimes they control you in a different way. Yeah. Where it comes out in another way that's unhealthy 
and detrimental to your mental health, your physical health, and your relationships and the people around you. It's almost like you're purposely beating yourself up over, like you were talking about the gay guy that that wasn't quite out. Yeah, yet well, out it wasn't, he wasn't out at all. Not even quite out. Yeah. He wasn't out at all. Do you think he was drinking or taking drugs to like? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you know, but there was so much anger there. Yeah, that's why I always tell people like when they're angry. Uh, you know, what are you angry? At? I remember when I when I first started waiting tables, when I was a server, someone told me he's like, listen. You're going to get people that come in here and treat you like shit. Right. Don't take it personal. It's not you. It's like more often than not, they have a job where they get treated like shit. Then they go home to a wife that treats them like shit with kids <laughs> that also treat them like shit. So they're steering you towards rationalizing that other person's yeah. behavior. Like, so when they come in and they treat you like shit, it has nothing to do with you. They just need somebody that they can dump it on. And you're the guy. Yeah. So smile, be nice. And they'll usually tip you at the end. Yeah. Do you think true. angry people are uh, good tippers? <laughs> I think they're looking for an excuse not to tip. They're looking for an excuse not to tip. Exactly. But they're usually looking for an excuse to complain. Yeah. I don't want to say angry people. I think people with lack of control tend to be very bad tippers. Yeah, I'd say so. All right. So the next thing in this whole thing is, I just want to steer it back to BJJ for, for a second, because if you're in stressful situations, the first thing that I would say is get used to it put yourself in those situations as mm -hmm. much as possible so that you do contain yourself. Well, that's the thing. You can do that in BJJ. Yeah. You can put yourself in bad situations. You can work from there. You can't do that in life. You can't put yourself in situations that make <laughs> right. you angry. But you can take the lessons you learned on the mats and realize like, well, what, shits are getting, shit's getting bad and I'm getting emotional. I have to take a step back. I got to mm -hmm. relax. I got to calm down and start applying that to your everyday life because I guarantee whatever's frustrating you at work is not as bad as someone trying to rip your face off on the jiu-jitsu yeah. mats. And I don't want to generalize it because some people are probably like, well, my work, is it's probably very stressful. Mm -hmm. But it's very different from physical stress. Um, you know, we've been, we've been going over smothering and smother taps. That's a horrible position to be in. Yep. As someone who's been in there several times, it's not fun. You will make mistakes right. very quickly. Your boss asking you to send them an email by 3 p.m. is not as pales. suffocating <laughs> yeah, as pales. literally being suffocated. So you learn to adjust your emotions and control yourself to it. It's funny because the next thing that I wrote down was if you can breathe, then you can learn to stay calm. If you can breathe, you can figure it out. Yeah. So I mean, if you got that uh, that sweaty guy putting his belly right in your face. That's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> you gave me that a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Do it right there. Smother. <laughs> I've been there. BJJ also, you know your limits, but you push the boundaries a bit. And that with emotions, you learn how to kind of like, you can go to a certain part of the cliff and pull back. You can, you know where to play it a little better. Yeah. You start learning how far you can go, how yeah. far you can push it. So when you're dealing with your wife and you know, you got to pull back at this point, like you said, you turn around and you, well, for example, if I have a lot going on and I know that there's like, you know, things upsetting me or pissing me off or, you know, it's getting to the point where I can feel myself like losing it. Yeah. I first thing I do, and this comes, this came with time of being married and mm -hmm. learning with each other is I let Steph know right away. I'm like, Hey, just a heads up. Uh, we started doing this thing where <laughs> I need to decompress. We started doing this thing where we now text each other, call each other, you know, around one o'clock every day just to see how the other one's doing. Because what was happening is we were getting so absorbed by our own day and so self-involved that we'd see the other person and right away be like, hey, 
did you do this? I need you to do this. And we start dumping on them and never had any idea how the other person's day went. So uh-huh. now if one of us had a shitty day and we come home with, hey, by the way, this came in the mail. Also, we got to do this. You don't realize that that piece of mail might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah, yeah. So now what we do is we check in. Just like, hey, how's your day going? Good. How's your day going? Not the best. Boy, you're really doing a lot of things like in terms of marital exercises. I don't think a lot of people do that. Well, now, like, let's say Steph's having a shitty day. Right. Right. All right. Well, now I know that when I get home, I'm going to do the dishes, get the kids prepped up. And it's not to make her day better. But it's to not add to her day. Right, right, And vice versa. She knows, like, if I'm having a shitty day, like, don't ask me for dumb chores. Like, I'll explain to her. I'm like, you know, this happened. This happened. I had this meeting. Like, I'm just not the best day. Very busy. Mine's going crazy. She understands, like, all right, today's not the day to fucking poke the bear with this dumb (laughs) shit. She'll save it till, you know, tomorrow. But we, we started doing that because we wouldn't, especially like after like, you know, the COVID happened and we got right back to work. So it's like, there's no businesses. You're going to lose your business. Now your business is back. Yeah. Start running it perfectly. All you're not stress. in the office. Now you're in the office. So there's all these sudden adjustments. Then go home and right. we're not communicating with each other how we're doing with our own day. Hey Amen. I, I applaud that shit. Honestly, because I don't think a lot of people are running their marriages correctly that way. You know, they're taking it for granted. We run it like a business. How do we keep the employees wanting to stay at work at this fat? Okay, this all right. I, I now I understand what you're saying there. Yeah, I don't she, think a lot of people do that. I'll, well, I wish you could take credit. That was her idea. Okay, but you're still following the game plan. I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, I mean, I it was a really good idea. I would say the average marriage does not do that. You know. Yeah. Know. But, all right, my man. Uh, I have a really good uh, uh, horror movie quotes quiz i'm very nervous about this okay i did really good with the jujitsu quiz that i thought i was gonna fail <laughs> let's see how this one goes okay it was the first one. Oh god i'm gonna shit the bed on this nah, if i you... fail it i'm gonna delete it mm-hmm. now i'll play it people need to see you fail <laughs> you're so in touch <laughs> you really are see how i talk to myself you this do. is how i live my life you do this, how I, this is literally how i live my life all day every day it's like four people living inside my head Yep. all right be afraid be very afraid. What movie? Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ooh, I can't think of the movie, but I know the line. Give me a hint. Can I get a hint? Yeah, I'll be happy. To, I'll give you the. Uh, should I give you the main actor, or would that be too much of a hint? That'd be too much of a hint. Or how about if I give you the year? Give me the year. Okay, this would be nineteen eighty. Oh wait, I was married, so at the time. So this would be nineteen eighty-six. I want to say a kid said it. No. Nah. I don't know. The Fly. Oh, God. Jeff Goldblum. Great movie, by the way. I haven't seen that movie in years. Great, great movie. Okay. And Gina Davis. Is that really a horror film, though, or is that a science fiction <laughs> movie? Yeah. I'm going sci-fi right. with that. It's not a horror movie. All right. Now I'm going to take you back to like 1935. It's alive. It's alive. That's a Frankenstein. There you go. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you'll get this one. This movie is from 68, 69. What have you done to his eyes? Oh, that's Rosemary's Baby. Very good. Okay, you're rolling now. That movie's fucking great. I don't know how that came out in the 60s. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I saw that movie. I was like, Jesus, this came out in the 60s. Who directed that? Was that Polanski? You know what? It might be. 
This is before he got in trouble with yeah, yeah, dating yeah. the 13-year-old. Yes. It might have been. Yeah, I think it was Polanski. Yeah. Good job, Jesus. man. Jesus. Come on, brother. I don't <laughs> now I'm feeling good. <laughs> Breathing through my balls a little bit. Seriously, brother. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for, for dinner. dinner. <laughs> Last scene of Sons of the Lambs, Mr. Ah, Hannibal Lecter. Amazing. Fantastic scene. If you get this one, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Ooh, here we go. We all go a little mad sometimes. When I tell you, you're gonna, it'll make sense to you. We all go a little mad sometimes. Give me the year. 1960. God damn 59, it. 60. 59, 60. Very, very famous uh, horror movie. <sighs> From the 50s? Late 50s, 60s. I don't know. You got to tell me. Psycho. Norman Bates says it. So mad about that. Yeah. Shit. All right, here you go. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. Jesus Christ. You don't know this one? Oh, I thought you'd love this movie. Give me the year. 83, 84. I think no Pinhead. Tears. I'm going to be honest with you. I've ne- uh... You never saw that one? What movie is it? Hellraiser. Hellraiser. I've only seen Hellraiser once and it made okay. me nauseous. <laughs> it's a good one. It made me fucking sick to my stomach. <laughs> I'm scared to open my eyes. And the other one goes, I'm scared to open them. Jesus. Wait, scared it... to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. Is it The Mist? Close. 2000, I think, or maybe 1998, 1997. The Fog? No, Blair Witch. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a great one. That's a good one. Damn, you're killing me on this one. God damn. I'm sorry, brother. These I are mean, good. I, yeah, yeah. These movies I thought you you totally knew. These are good. Yeah. Uh, and the last one, I don't know if you'll get this one, but I used to go to midnight movies all the time and see this movie. They're coming to get you, Barbara. That movie... Is on in the background of, I want to say, a Halloween movie. Yes, it is. I want to say Halloween 1. It's Uh, on the background. Uh They're coming to get you, Barbara. The two kids are sitting on the couch, and they're watching this. Mm -hmm. The phone rings. Lori Strode's on the phone with Annie. Not with Annie. She's on the phone with a PJ Souls character. And it's on in the background. They're coming to get you, Barbara. PJ Souls is the cute blonde? Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, no, that's actually the scene. And then it's like a, uh, that's the scene where Tommy Doyle goes behind the curtain and he sees the <laughs> you know shape Halloween for the first time. Well, <laughs> give me a Halloween quiz. I'll fucking kill that. I, I'll the next time I promise. Don't I'll. give me anything stupid. Like what's the it license plate? Exactly. It, it's gotta be somewhat. Um, this is George come. Romero. Is it invasion of the body snatchers? Close. Night of the living dead. God damn it. Don't. <laughs> at least I knew the line. Yes, you did. See, now I will say this: I love horror films, but man, that trivia was that was good. Those lines. I were figured great. you'd like it. You know, I figured you'd nail things. Dude, my favorite one is like the psycho line, where he, like she walks in and she's all like really, really innocent type, and she's saying, "Oh, mother is like so and so," and then he looks at her and goes, "But we all go mad sometimes." <laughs> they remade that movie with Vince Vaughn. Yeah, and not they, as good. Not as good. And you know what's crazy too? They uh 
their recording or the way they filmed it, they kept to the same exact schedule. As oh, the did original. they? Yeah, they kept with the Hitchcock yeah. schedule. Mm-hmm. Same scenes on the same day, same everything. They yeah. just weren't, you know, they just, it just wasn't the same. No. Which is unfortunate because Vince Vaughn really has that good look. He does, but all I see when I see Vince Vaughn is like I see uh, swingers, you know, swingers, or I see you know wedding crashers. He's just, just no. I just don't yeah, see it's it. Unfortunate. Okay. I like Vince Vaughn. Here's the big question of the day, man. This is easy peasy. What's your EDC? What's your everyday carry? Everyday carry? Go, baby. What do you got? Like as far as like weapons? No, give me five things that you carry every single day. You absolutely oh. need to have these things. <laughs> gonna be, weapons. Uh, six hour P320. <laughs> P365. <laughs> Come on now. I'm a Beretta 70 guy. Uh, I got a SIG P320 and I got a polymer. I think it's a polymer 90, polymer 80. Um, P80, a P80. Uh, both 9 millimeters. I want to get a 45. And they'll anyway. put a hole in something. They'll kill you. <laughs> I went. I went shoot. I took the coach's shooting, and uh, I, the instructors. By the way, uh, shout out to um, NJ Sharpshooters. They're a nonprofit to a uh, Second Amendment advocate group. Nice. And I actually work with one of the guys. And the instructor that we had is like, you know, I wasn't hitting the mark, and I kept missing. And I kept missing. I was okay. getting pissed. And finally, I was like, listen, let me ask you a question. This guy breaks into my house. Is he dead? He's like, oh, yeah, he's dead. I was like, then I'm fucking done. Exactly. I mean, I got competitive, so I had to hit at the mark. Um, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, they're like, hit the little circle. I'm they're like, going to run out if they once they hear the sound. They're supposed to. You're supposed to address them, say exactly. you have a weapon, you have uh-huh. to load it. There's all these steps you have to follow before mm-hmm. you you know put a hole in them. All right. That's New Jersey. My five everyday carry. My keys. Okay. Two phones. Two phones. Yeah, two phones. Interesting. I actually have three. Jeez. Yeah. I got a work phone. You're school. carrying these these things, though? Yeah. What, what are you wearing? Cargo pants? No, I keep them in my bag. Oh, okay. Got it. The leather right. bag that you gave me. <laughs> nice. I think it's a lot of miles. Good. I'm glad. Um, so, you know what? Let's knock it down. I'll knock down to one phone, because sometimes the two phones aren't always on me, but they're around me. All right. Uh, so, my keys, my cell phone, my wallet, uh, my knife. Seriously, you carry a knife? Mm-hmm. Smart. Especially if we're, you know, we're going into dicey areas. Oh, yeah. I always keep a knife on me. Nice. Uh, my knife, I'm not going to say what kind of knife it is because <laughs> it might open up fully automatically and be illegal in New Jersey, and I might have had to lie on the application when I bought it and say that I was in the military. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's another story for another day. Uh, so my keys, my wallet, my knife. Uh, what else did I say? Keys, wallet, phone, knife. Keys, wallet, phone, knife, and always a pair of sunglasses on me. Seriously? Okay. I always keep a pair of sunglasses. What's your go-to sunglasses? I like an old school Ray-Ban. Yeah, me too. But I, you know, I do have- Like Wayfarers or- uh, or Yeah, I love the Wayfarers. Yeah. Uh, I do have a couple pairs of Pradas that I like very much. Are you an Oakley guy? Not a big Oakley guy, but I do yeah. like my Pit Vipers. Right. And I just bought a pair of blenders. Nice. They were like 60 bucks. And I Seriously? Fucking, That's yeah. pretty cheap. Love them. Wow. Red, white, and blue. Nice blue tint. Love them. Yeah. They don't sponsor me yet. Check them out. Blenders Eyewear. They've got a fantastic selection of different styles wow, and I'll colors. And super cool. Uh, and I love them, man. I, I wore them when we were away. 
I got the limited edition, like patriotic ones, like red, white, and blue with little stars and shit. <laughs> right on. They're fantastic. I think Leah Dowd had uh, some pretty nifty uh, black and white uh, sunglasses. Mine are way cooler. <laughs> way cooler. <laughs> Steph put them on for like two minutes. She goes, I don't want to take these off. I was like, they're incredible. They're nice. And for the price point. Those prescript or are they uh, regular? No, 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 just regular. Oh, man. Prescription sunglasses were a game changer for me. Like, especially on the really? golf course. It's a, just a game changer. Never been golfing. You have to. It's zen. I thought about taking up golf one time. It's zen. And I, I told Steph. I'm not like, even that good at it, but it's like, it's just zen. Listen, I told Steph I wanted to take up golf. Uh-huh. And she goes, when are you going to golf? I was like, I don't know. When I have downtime, I want to golf. I want to get some clubs. I want to start golfing. She goes, yeah, but you don't have downtime. She goes, when you have downtime, yeah. you do other stuff. You're about 10, 15 years away from golf. Dude, so you want to laugh? I forget where we were. Oh, we were at a we were at a wedding. Okay, and we were all like talking about shit. And Steph's like, "Why don't you tell Tom what you want to start doing?" He's like, "What? What do you want to do?" <laughs> I was like, "I want to take up golf." He's like, "For what? For what?" I was like, "In case I have downtime, I want to do something." He goes, "You got a fucking school. You get downtime, you be doing jujitsu." So like, you don't get downtime. Downtime. She, he's like, "What does Steph say?" She goes, "I said what you said." When does he have downtime? I was like, you know what? I don't like this. I don't like this conversation at all. Let's change the topic. Get the fuck out of here. I was you like, think Tom would ever take up golf? I don't think he's got the patience for it. Yeah, it takes a lot of patience. It really does. Talk about like handling your emotions. Dude, you want to test your emotions? Go golf. Man. Get in your home. Right. You too good for your home? Go home. That game will drive you fucking crazy. It really, really does. Robin Williams. I'm going to end it with this. If you have a chance, Robin Williams has a fantastic bit on the game of golf and how it got invented okay. and how they just kept, like they purposely just try to make it the most fucking frustrating game it in the is. world. It just is. And it's, if you want to laugh, go watch it. And is the whole like five feet a week? Fuck no. No, it's like, we're going to put it hundreds of yards yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Fantastic. All right. I will make one recommendation also as far as what to watch. Go to Amazon prime terminal list. Chris Pratt, fantastic show. I like Terminalist. I got to check it out. Really is awesome. Brother. Great episode. Hopefully. We'll see. Talk to you guys next week. Later.